0: Hey, race fans, Hall of Famer Daryl Waltrip here. You know, it's time to drop the green flag on another edition of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Asomatic. So, hey, pull those belts tight one more time. Here's my buddy Hermie Sadler and Senator Bill Stanley, and boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's see what they have to say, boys and girls.
1: I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I'm a big, fat, hairy winner, and
2: I'm leaning right. <laughs> and I'm Hermie Sadler, <laughs> and I'm turning left, leaning right and turning left, as always, wait, powered by wait, Pace Wait, of wait, You dropped with Sadler in the seventh. I did? Yeah. Okay, this is- so I'm Hermie Sadler. I'm okay. turning left. This is leaning right and turning left with Sadler in the senator, powered by Pace of Madden. Much better. Well done. I didn't know I missed anything. Yeah, you did. You did. I got distracted by the big, fat, hairy part for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not too often that I show you that, but you know I did. So we're sitting here
2: today, Hermie. How are you? I'm much better, much more relieved. Bet you are than last week because last week when we taped, we were in this same kitchen area of your apartment here in Richmond. Yep. And we were preparing to go to trial. Ah, uh, to go to the hearing right uh in in court in our case against the Commonwealth of Virginia, you were a little worried. I was a lot worried, a little concerned, a lot concerned because you were you, I, were, you were wringing your
1: hands and and wearing my ass out about it, weren't you? I was because I know what we're up against, yeah, yeah,
2: and it was helplessness, wasn't it? It, it felt was, helpless
1: because everything was in it was now just the
2: judge's ruling what it? it was just, and I've had this conversation with you. On air and probably off air, of all the things I've done in my fifty-plus years, I've never been involved in anything that's
3: been more stressful. Mm. Um, because because there's only so much I can do. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean we 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 put a great team together. We 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 know we're right. Yeah, not only legally but ethically, and but when you do all you're supposed to do, and you. Put it in, and then someone else—in this case, the judge—is going to, you know, tell you if if you win or not, or if you survive or not. And that's what it's been about for us. So I went to court, you know, last Monday, and we sat there, and it was nothing more than the than the judge uh, ruling on motions, uh, demurs, and plea and bars that the Commonwealth had filed again, yeah, to try to get our case dismissed and delayed and everything else, and uh, fortunately, uh, we had a good day for that. I know we're going to talk a lot about that We are and later on we'll, the show uh, as I, well as some other things you're involved in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think we need, yeah, it was a great legal week for myself, but you know, I'm used to that because what I do, but, and you're yeah. humble. No, right. <laughs> sure. Am I really? Oh yeah. Nobody ever said that about yeah. me before. Yeah, so humbled. I'm going to take that. Yeah. Humble. Uh, yeah. but I think we need to kind of unpack that and go back a little bit Sure. in our struggle, in our, in our fight, in our journey and then to where we are today. Yeah. Uh, today, I hope we can also talk about a very important court ruling, a grand jury, special grand jury in Loudoun County, handed down a scathing report against Loudoun County School Board System. You know I represent Scott Smith and Scott Smith's daughter, who I will not use her name, and, and the family. Fight for them. Had a great ruling there and a, and a great factual finding there that I think will help that family, help us uh, fight for parents, especially when it comes to making sure that uh, our schools are teaching reading writing and arithmetic teaching our kids how to think but not what to think uh, so we're going to talk about that today so we're going to really talk about court today we're not going to really have uh turning left moments cuz you know we're we're in the winter season of racing and right. unless you have some new news about maybe who our second driver is which do you
2: i don't okay um i so we're will say that i that i we talk about, <laughs> <we'll> talk about <laughs> okay Toby Heath. keith um we uh, there there's some things Going on with as a now a total of three drivers that I'm talking to um, about the second car for Saddler Stanley Racing. Now, yeah. ladies and
1: gentlemen, you're hearing
2: me hear that for the first time. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, are
1: they good? Yeah, great. Yeah, potential. Yeah, really make the team better. Yeah, help out Bobby Labonte yeah. who is driving our number one car, the 18. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, and you're not going to share. Was nothing really to share at this at this at this particular moment. Now, as a out of three, you have to pick one. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe pick two. Maybe one a little bit, another one a little bit, <laughs> one and a half. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: you're hearing this for the first time. This is this is how great our business. Well, the good is that news we run is
2: together. now that we do have Bobby Labani full time, which the, is so awesome in the number eighteen. Yeah. Saddler Stanley Racing paceomatic car it kind of took a little bit of the pressure off on the second car. So now I can focus more on who can we put in that car that can win. And we may can do a a combination of a couple things to, to, to give some people some opportunities that maybe some uh, legendary type modified driver people, but also really maybe some great NASCAR drivers that, want to hop back, h- hop in for a couple races.
1: seems like we're turning left here and why not turn left first?
2: Yep. Well, so, turning left is sponsored then by Vista installation. <laughs> Laura Stanley. Yes. Benet, I know her. You, you know, her. sounds familiar. She is a remarkable window and door installation specialist. Mm-hmm. And she's also been babysitting. I'll just say it babysitting your ass <laughs> for over 12 years. I won't go with the company line. I'll just get it out there. Yeah. Um, but thanks to Vista Installation. And she can shut the door on me and, and Laura all Stanley long, uh, for their uh, support of leaning right and turning left with Sadler and the Senator by sponsoring the turning left moment. So we've got some options with car number two.
1: We have a lot to talk about. And here we are. We're sitting here. It's, it's, it's actually the end of the week. This will come out next week. Yeah. Uh, but we had so much go on this week between the two of us that we decided you drove up from Emporia. Uh, we don't have Shep Moss, no Shep, Shep Moss, Maul. no Shep Moss. But we're going to talk about everything that's happened. We've had so many good things happen. Uh, we've been very fortunate in the law and the, in the litigation. But when it comes to Sadler Stanley Racing and what we're doing in the future, and you've just kind of mentioned it, are we talking about maybe the second car is more of a show car where we kind of oh,
2: put no. No.
1: people in or out? Or no, are we going to no, run no, no, for no.
2: two championships? I'm, I'm cars. The second car may be running for an owner's championship, mm-hmm. but I've, I've got a couple people that I'm talking to, and then another guy has kind of come back into the fold and wants really? to talk more about it. Don't, don't press me anymore on it, uh, on this particular Did his
1: girlfriend show. call me? Track? I didn't call her back, but I mean, it, he has a girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. We know that girlfriend.
3: Yeah. Okay. So
1: that would be great. So, what do you envision for the second car? We've got Bobby Labani, the eighteen. He's riding the iconic yeah. eighteen again. He's going to put himself in that car. We cannot. I mean, I think he is championship quality yeah. worthy. Well, no and question. The about potential that. is so yeah. great. So what? What because and and for the listeners that are, that may not are familiar with the podcast, if you're listening for the first time, we love having you here. We have a race team. You know, we Stanley. never follow the syllabus. I, I didn't. Did you write something down? <laughs> no. Yeah, I have six thirty-six so starting right? time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: the only thing you wrote down on a yeah. piece of paper. I yeah. got nothing over here. Yeah. Um, we got Bobby in one car. Yeah, and the 18th. and
2: why and why Bobby was important. I think we all wanted as we went into year two with Pezomatic and the Open Wheel Modified Team Sadler Stanley Racing. We were going to run some smart tour races and some NASCAR wheeling. Yeah. Races, but we wanted one consistent championship caliber driver that would also be a great spokesperson and representative for Sadler Stanley Racing and Pacematic. Mm-hmm. And, and I, those
1: convenience store owners that have the skill games in their convenience I stores. think
2: we 100% check all the boxes on all of that with Bobby Labonte.
1: Clearly. So, and Kristen. I mean, Kristen so, is an amazing. Yeah, the merch she's got coming out, and things PR going on. Person.
2: It's been it's been great. Mm-hmm. So before we signed Bobby Labonte, I was more concerned about, you know, it made both cars, you know, more important as to how we position drivers in both cars. But now that we've got Bobby Labonte as kind of the driver and the spokesperson for PaceMatic for the whole season, then we started to focus our attention on the second car. On okay. Who can win? Who do we want to give opportunities to? Because that's part of what pacematic wants to do as well. And we did is that's is, when we is, started
1: the race is, team. That's what we give, thought. give, get like we did Jonathan Brown last yeah. year. Young race drivers, put apart them in there. Give them an opportunity,
2: mm-hmm. and then you've got other drivers in there that that there's no question we put them in the seat and they can win right away. So and they've proven that. So it 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 is just a a process by which we work things out for the betterment of the, of the race team. We In a perfect world, we want to take two potential race-winning cars to the track every single week. Aren't you building more than two cars? Yeah, we're going to have four new cars when it's all said and so done. So why aren't before. we racing three? Because I'm in charge of the race team. We're budgeted <laughs> to run two.
1: I know, I know. And I bust a bu- I'm the budget buster when it comes to yeah. racing. I have little or no... The way, See the, 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 the way the
2: the way the schedule is for the Smart Series. There's a lot of races back to back to back to back. Yeah. So if you run two full time cars, you've got to have two regular cars and two backup cars. Case so, one wrecks. Because you have to because the way they've got the Smart Series this year, if you wreck good enough on one weekend, you can't run the same car the next weekend because it may not be able to be fixed in time.
1: Have you seen the schedule? Cause I have,
2: I've seen a rough draft of it. Yes.
1: Okay. And that's why the way they're
2: jumbled together before and after the Bowman Gray. So, so
1: we used to have a big break during Bowman Gray. Are they still doing that? We do,
2: but I'm saying
1: Bowman Gray is a race series in North Carolina. Yeah. But I'm saying
2: before and after Bowman Gray, there's four and five and six races. Sometimes it's like a Saturday and then the next Friday races in the smart series. So we can't, run for a championship if we don't have a bag up car for each team. So one bad night and we wreck a car and God forbid two of them get wrecked up in the same time, which can happen when you're racing two cars, we've got to have a bag up for each
1: driver. So, so is there an opportunity or a chance perhaps even with four cars and only using two that you might bring out the third car? No. That you might bring out the third car? No. That sometimes the third car might be out there? Nope. That Kyle Petty or Kenny Wallace might drive. Nope. The, that maybe they may drive
2: the second car once in a while, <laughs> but under no circumstances are we taking three cars to the track at one time. Why? Just not going to do it. Not budgeted for it. I get the budget and everything, but it's just about you know racing, about it's, doing something. It's about. You want to have I mean, could you imagine, two great cars or three half-ass cars? Could
1: you imagine Bobby Labonte's out you there? You want
2: to do two things great or three things half-assed? Let you
1: get, let, you Answer get, my question. You get the guy with a really nice girlfriend out Answer there. Answer my question. What? I, I wouldn't pay attention.
2: Do you want, in your case, like, okay, you're an attorney, a good one. So far. Okay. You can only do so many cases at one time. I don't believe I have a limit. Okay. Well, I know because differently. As
1: long, as long as they have a budget. I know differently. As long as they have a budget. Because I know how many, I know how many <laughs> I things you turn down. <laughs> I don't have a limit. Well, well, that's
2: true. Okay. So you turn them down because. Let's not bring that up. You've got so many resources that you from. can put through to get stuff done. Correct. So you can't do, you got, I don't, we don't want half ass so anymore. So
1: Bobby Labonte
2: says he's going to drive.
1: The guy with the really nice girlfriend is going to drive. Who's a famous race car driver.
2: And all of a sudden a
1: Kyle Petty calls you up and says, Hey man, I want
2: to run in this race. And you got a third car sitting there. You're going to say no. I'm going to say no, unless somebody has got some money. Oh, all right. Not me. You're not. If you want to, if you want to pony up, fine with me. (laughs) If you want to pay 25 grand to watch Kyle Petty, drive your car and take it out of your pocket is
1: fine with me. I don't own all these gas stations, convenience stores, bars, truck stops and have skill game. Yeah. I'm just an old country lawyer. I can't. I can't put that up. Right. So, so that, that possibility is just, there will never be three Sadler Stanley racing team cars out there.
2: Not on my dime, no.
1: So you left, so you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying if somebody (laughs) wants to come in and
2: sponsor it, that's a whole nother story. But you, you don't consider that in your dialogue. This
1: This is exactly why you don't involve me in the race team. Because I guess I would be the budget buster, wouldn't I? Well, I, mean, I mean, I involve you in the, and so for our listeners, and we appreciate you, um, I run the podcast. The funny thing was, is I always wanted to create a race team and, uh, with our friendship. He always wanted to do a podcast. When we did both and created the business entity, which now runs a podcast and then runs a race team, <laughs> Hermie runs the race team and I run the podcast. So I make all the decisions on this podcast. Right. Well, I thought I did, but really you do.
2: Now, how, how is that? Well,
1: because you bring your famous people friends on here.
2: Well, you quit asking me to bring them on here, so I don't no, I didn't quit. No,
1: I have not quit. No, Jeff Jarrett said it would be more fun if we just talk sometimes, and we're trying to save. You know, we have we have a lot of people that can come on the show. Let's just not all spend it up in one year, right? But
2: your 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 statement is 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 a falsehood. I do not run things with the podcast.
1: Okay, fine. All right, I've, all right. I'll give you that. Well, I'm supposed to run this part, and you do. Yeah, and, and you like to tell me all the time. I mean, I, we don't even have a producer here today. I'm running the board. I am, do, we know, do we know that it's running, by the no, way? No, we have no clue whether this is being recorded.
2: Is there a SIM card in that? I do you have did. any idea how to download it? I, to? I did put one hand in it. Time. Do you know how to download this to double J when we get done? I have no idea. Okay. We'll Other than that, out.
1: we're doing great. If this doesn't come out next week, then you know that this is a recording. Oh, ever...
2: Get in the car and drive to... Yeah. Stanley Law Group, the mothership office, and we'll do it again. Okay. That's fine. And, and we might
1: have to, even but when we listen to this, if we have recorded. We don't it.
2: need to just kill time. You want to get to the good stuff? No, 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 no. I'm not done. Okay. I'm
1: not done. We're looking at 2023 on the race team. Right. Um, you know, I do the podcast, and I, and I think it's going great. We're getting a huge listener. Yeah. We're going up. Everything's going well. Jeff Jared uh, in text messages that went back and forth, he's obviously had a lot of confidence in us in putting mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah. We're doing well in audience. We're getting, we're getting more advertising. And by the way, they
2: sent you an email about 2023 with the podcast that you have yet to answer.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to discuss that with you later. We don't have to do it on the podcast, but yeah, I know how no, to do it. No, but you
2: that. like to put people on the spot live on the podcast. So <laughs> That's right. I'm in control. I'm right. Thanks. Thanks,
1: Herm. Um, and so and so when we talk about the race team, we've got- Are y'all coming to Angie's a birthday party New Year's Eve? Wow, you really are putting me on the spot today, are <laughs> Um, did you send me an invite? Cause if you didn't, there's a chance I'll show up. If you send me an invite and I put it on the fridge at my house, chances are better Something that I won't show came up. up. Yeah. But I think, you know, we don't do much for New York, New Year, New Year's, New Year's Eve. Yeah. So I think there's a good chance we'll show Plug up. Plug more will be there. Then I'm coming. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't it? But I'm going to take the ferry because there's no book. 17
2: miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. What else are you trying to, what other, <laughs> other kind of trouble no, are you trying I, to?
1: I, what I want to know is what are the plans for 2023 Sadler Stanley Racing? You got Bobby Labonte in the-
2: that's what, I, that's what we've got right now is Bobby Labonte. And we do have a second full-time car funded by pace And I'm in the process of trying to find the right fit combination of driver or drivers to drive the second car. Okay, so,
1: so when you think about it in your mind, you may not have the name of the driver.
2: What are you looking for? What are you hoping to accomplish with Car2? The best fit to be a good teammate that can win and help our team as a whole become better. That's pretty vague. But, but I don't mean for it to be vague. That's the truth. Okay. So a good
1: driver, good teammate. So you, you have potential former NASCAR drivers.
2: This is the third time you've, you've done this. Yeah.
1: But that's why it's a podcast. We can mm. cut it out if it sucks. Uh, you have probably potential uh, quality legend, open wheel modified drivers who want to drive, yeah. right? Yeah. You've got other people that have been actually making inquiries about driving our car, the second car,
2: right? Yeah. And then the people that you've, made inquiries
1: with about driving the car. Oh, so that'd be Kenny Wallace, <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, <laughs> Governor George Allen. Yeah. I mean, who else?
2: Only but four. I mean, how many uh, guests do have?
1: Kyle Petty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and anybody else that wants to drive. And, that
2: may, and we may do that.
1: Oh, actually, that wrestler. That wrestler. <laughs> or the dopey mayor? Glenn Jacobs? I don't think he'd fit in the car, but I think it was King, the, the Mattapanai uh, wrestler. Mickey James. Uh, Mickey James. And then Junker. Yeah, Mickey. Girl. I bet Mickey could drive.
2: Yeah, why not do Mickey that? Mickey would be great. I mean, that would be... Now, I'd fund that out of my pocket to watch Mickey. Run I bet third you
1: car. would. Cause you know what? Last time. And, and if you listen to our prior podcast, Mickey James is a great interview. Go back in our library and find that. Uh, she was brought to watch you
2: race and she left after the what, second lap. I think she stayed through my first pit stop. <laughs> and then I came down for the next pit stop. And then I noticed that her and Nick were gone. Mm-hmm. And then I made the mistake maybe on some kind of either TV interview, radio interview or something. And, and I was giving her grief about it. I said, Mickey, You know, as many times as I've been to a WWE show and watched you wrestle, you know, and you come to your first race to watch me race and you leave after 50 laps, you know, don't even watch the finish of the race. And she quite accurately said, Hermie, you didn't pass a single car while I was there. (laughs) 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 What am I, what am I staying there for? Yeah. That's a good point.
1: Yeah. And, and wrestling matches usually last 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 So she. Watch me longer. run a few
2: laps. I didn't pass anybody, and she hauled ass.
1: Why, why would anybody wait why, and watch? If,
2: if you're not going to pass anybody, I'm not staying.
1: Mickey Jane, a hell of an interview. And you guys She's need awesome. to go back into our library and, and listen to her story. We have an extensive library, Hermie. Actually, 45 shows. I think we're, this is 44 or 45. We're getting close to our first year limit. More than most uh, podcasts do, 50 shows in a year. We probably will exceed that. We'll keep going through the holidays. Um, so, you know, before we get to the other topics, is there anything else you want to to tease us about Sadler Stanley Racing? And I will tell the listeners, I have no clue, no effing clue what he's doing. And you keep it you close know to everything the vest. I'm doing. No, you keep. It I've close told to the vest. you
2: everything I'm doing. You keep it close to the vest. I've told you everything I'm doing. You did today, right now, right here on the podcast. Now you know the other drivers I'm talking to, what? and you know the third driver that I'm talking to. You want to make some kind of what is it, Angie? Showboat uh you know, like we're playing what's that game Clue? Mm -hmm. The old game, like it's some kind of mystery. So
1: Colonel Mustard will be in (laughs) the the living room
2: (laughs) with the whatever. So I mean the good news is we've got Bible of Bonnie signed, sealed, delivered, ready to race. And we're putting together a nice program for the for the second car.
1: So will you let me know before we talk about it on the next podcast? Sure I will. So when do you think you're make a decision on this?
2: Uh, hopefully by Christmas. Really? Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Are we going to lock them down? Or are you just kind of like, you know, this guy's going to drive three races. This guy's going to drive five.
2: What was your question again?
1: Are you going to lock it down before Christmas or, or are you going to kind of spread it out? That is to say, are you going to have one driver by Christmas or are you going to have multiple?
2: Drivers? Oh, I, I don't. I can't answer that part yet. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: this is exactly how our phone conversations go. So, this is not
2: for show. This is exactly what happens between the two. I ones. only
1: know what I know. Anything else you want to talk about racing about?
2: No, sir. Wow.
1: This is awesome.
2: I'll right. well, tell you what, the one person that's still listening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's very important because you know what? When we started this podcast, when we started the race team, it was a platform. And the platform was to bring awareness to what our fight was sure in the court of law still is what our pl- what we wanted to do which was to make sure that we were helping at the grassroots levels short track racing that we were helping small businesses in those areas where the short tracks were that we're really revi- revitalizing the importance of racing in our communities especially Southside Virginia, Route Virginia, North Carolina because I think that revitalization is so important and it helps NASCAR uh, but Part of that too was making sure we had a platform to talk about your lawsuit, your fight for small business and what we're doing to make sure that we allow those small businesses to be a part of the marketplace in what is the emerging
3: gambling industry. And so now, do you like this segue by the way? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Now here we stand today.
1: As I said earlier, big fat hairy winners, anybody who knows, anything about this podcast has listened before knows that we've been talking since the very beginning as one of our platforms, not just racing for that as a platform, but this podcast was we were fighting against the Commonwealth of Virginia and the casinos that were trying to shut down any involvement of small businesses in the emerging gaming industry. A couple of years back, Virginia decided that we we're going to legalize gambling. We we're going to allow casinos in rosies, which is kind of like a casino light uh, institution. We let them in. Uh, but then they de- craved and demanded a, a monopoly that would keep out small businesses and small businesses were engaged in skill games at the time. And they got the legislature to pass what was SB 971. And then during the pandemic, SB 971 banned skill games in convenience stores, truck stops, bars, and restaurants. Um, during the pandemic, uh, Ralph Northam, the governor at the time lifted that ban for one year, collected 150 million or better for, uh, for the Virginia coffers that went to very important programs, allowed our businesses, these small businesses, these small business interests to have these skill games and make up the difference that they were losing because of the pandemic. And they had to stay open because they were st- essential businesses. And then the casinos came back in after that one year and said, nope, we want the Monopoly, kick them all out. And that's when uh, they instituted SB 971, when they a- instituted SB 971 on a hot June day. After you and I had sat in my condo in Winnegreen and said we're going to fight this right together, we made that promise. We did in a grassroots effort to protect that small business owner, that convenience store, that restaurant, that bar, that truck stop. We filed a lawsuit against Virginia, saying Senate Bill nine seventy one SB that's what we you know we call a Senate Bill SB uh, that we going that we determined that we thought that at, that was as applied unconstitutional an impingement on your free speech rights, the business and the machine itself. And the player, we were successful getting an injunction uh, that December. We played the long game, had a big trial, won. The casino interest and the uh, attorney general's office appealed to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court reviewed, upheld the judge's ruling at the trial court level in Greensville Circuit Court. We then went through uh, a period where those skill games were legal. We are getting ready for a full trial, and then we learned that the Budget riders, just a few people, were going to sneak something into the budget to try to ban us in another way and circumvent the court's order. We got the skill game uh, injunction extended a little more. And in fact, what we said might happen actually happened. They put in a bunch of convoluted language, what I call word spaghetti, written by the casino lobbies, adopted by the General Assembly because it had no, it had no other option. It was in the budget. We had to vote the budget up or down. If we voted against the budget, we, we were voting against raises for police officers or teachers or funding for our localities. So it passed, and that language passed, and we amended our complaint. We amended our complaint to make sure that we could encompass in your injunction, because an injunction is temporary. We still had a full trial on the matter ahead of us. We had an injunction already in place on SB 971. They changed SB 971 in the budget, changed the criminal code, thought they were being sneaky or clever. Turned out they were clever by one half, and they thought they were ramrodding this through where they would put, circum- one, circumvent the court's order, but put skill games out of business in small businesses. We then amended our complaint. Virginia, instead of answering the complaint and going to trial like we planned on doing, what, in November? November, yep. Yeah. Okay. They fought the sufficiency of our plea. It's called a Demur Plea and Bar. We had a hearing. We made arguments. We've had, you know, Rod Smola, First Amendment constitutional expert, he was a por- part of our legal team. Jason Hicks, Ian Dickinson, we all got together, fought, put together some briefs, fought the, uh, the Attorney General's office who argued that this, this your court case could not go forward because, because quite frankly it was barred uh, by the law that they weren't regulating speech, they were regulating conduct. We argued that it violated the signal object rule because you stuck it in the budget, and the budget's about the budget, not about other things, including this. We've talked about this in an early podcasts, and we argued that it didn't regulate conduct; it was still regulating free speech. It might be new words, different ways, different analysis, but a change in the criminal card code was still regulating free speech. We submitted those briefs that we talked about. The judge on Monday—this is now Friday. Uh, that's Thursday. Uh,
3: Thursday, Friday, <laughs> <what yeah. difference laughs> the days all get together.
1: <laughs> the judge came out with a ruling on Monday. Now, I'm in the middle of a federal court trial, criminal trial. I couldn't be there. First hearing I couldn't be at. But the other lawyers were there. Mm-hmm. A Senator Ryan McDougal, who's co-counsel Ian Dickinson. Rod Smola came down from
2: Vermont. Mm-hmm. Jason Hicks was there. Mm-hmm. The attorney
1: general's office was there.
2: And a few... Other attorneys representing casinos, correct? I came heard, and yes. perched down in the back of the courtroom. Right.
1: Now you were there, yeah. even though I read the judge's ruling from the transcript. Tell us what happened.
2: Well, I I was more nervous about this particular hearing than anything else we've done to this point, simply because the judge told us before we came to the hearing on Monday that basically what he had asked both sides counsel to do was to submit briefs on the free speech aspect of our claim and the single object rule. Right. So we both sides wrote brief to the judge. Mm-hmm. The judge was just going to consider the briefs, read the briefs, research whatever judges do, and he said, "Look, I'm just going to come and uh, to to the to the courthouse and issue my rulings." on the demur and the plea and bar um, filed by the Commonwealth. So I just felt helpless. You know, we walked in we sat down and he came in and just started talking basically in a nutshell on the single object rule. He basically said, Bill, I know you got to be, you know, I guess you've kind of got to be somewhat careful on this because you are also a member of the general assembly. But basically he said when he was considering the, single-object rule was that, hey, there are shenanigans that go on in the General Assembly, but have they gotten so bad that they've become unconstitutional? And he said, the work of the government for the people should never be done in the dark, but that's what they do. Unfortunately, he said. Unfortunately, yeah. that's what they do. They're not supposed to attach
1: things to the budget that are right. separate standalone bills. That's yeah. the single-object rule with It's, you know, in Congress and for perspective, Congress, like right now, they're passing a military budget bill. Well, all these congressmen and senators will attach bills that have nothing to do. It's like research on the sexual orientation of a a rat and to put $15 million into a research grant in their district. They uh, append those bills that should be standalone bills onto the into the military budget. So all that stuff gets passed. And it's not just about the military or you know, military protocols, what have you. Virginia was actually smart in our constitution. We said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to have carbuncles on the side of the boat. But over time, the Virginia General Assembly, and especially Appropriation Committee, and especially in this case with your, with this skill game ban language, has been doing that. And unfortunately, that is now becoming a part of the budgetary process. And the judge said, you know, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't be doing that. The Constitution means what it means,
2: but he didn't really want to go in that direction at that time, did he? He didn't really, and you read the transcript. You can describe it better than I can. I don't think he really made a ruling, per se. Um, I think he said he didn't want to touch it. He didn't want to. Peek behind that curtain. Well, and, re- and remember, Hermie, this was not a
1: full determination of the issues. This was not full trial. Yeah, the judge was particularly interested in these two issues: does it violate the single object rule for purposes of what the government brought forward? We right. put an amended complaint out there. They didn't answer the complaint. And in the law, if you file a complaint, you file an answer admitting or deny denying each paragraph and asserting any affirmative defenses, or you can file what's called a responsive defensive pleading, which is actually Demur means whatever the plaintiff has put down on this piece of paper, if you take everything on that complaint is true, it's insufficient to grant judgment in the plaintiff's favor as a matter of law. So it's insufficient. So they demurred. And even though we didn't add any more counts to the complaint, we just include the new budget language and the fact that this might violate the single object rule. They demurred again, just like they did the first time when we did this. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, they obfuscated and delayed, tried to not have this thing heard. You'd think they want to hurtle towards trial. Instead, they filed another demur. They then filed a plea and bar. A plea and bar in the law, and I'm just giving you my legal uh, perspective on this, says you can't bring this case because it's barred by a statute or the statute of limitations. You brought it too late. And their their statute of limitations thing was it's a plea and bar because it doesn't violate the single object rule and it's not a violation of free speech, this new language. So the court was actually... Considering those issues, not the totality of the complaint, right. and the court boiled it down to the single-object rule in the, in the First Amendment issue, one, does it violate the single-object rule? And I think the court's problem with that was, so if I say it does, have I now kicked out the whole state budget, or can I carve out okay. this
2: language? And that was something that concerned him in prior hearings. Yeah. He, he, says, he said as much. Yeah,
1: and, the, and then the government... Uh, wanted to say that this is barred because this new language only regulates conduct. That is conduct of the individual not conduct, not the speech content. Mm -hmm. And if you're regulating contact, con uh, conduct, but not content, speech, contact content, you're not violating the first amendment. And so he really kind of really wanted to determine, does this language still on its face, violate free speech or merely does it regulate conduct of the person that might be speaking Mm -hmm. or engaging between the game itself, which is protective free speech and the player. And so from there, that's where he, he started from Yeah. not determining the case, but that was the level where he started from. And then what did he say about it? Yeah.
2: That? He, he, on the single object rule, he, he says, said, I you know not- I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> but you read the transcript and you know what was going I on. I love winning when I'm not there, but he said, I'm not pulling back the curtain on that. Mm-hmm. Although he did make a couple of comments about doing government work in the dark and, And he's right, shenanigans and all that. So he, in his way, I took it as he was admonishing the General Assembly for what they did, but that wasn't what he was wanting to dive into. So then he started to rule on the um, on the First Amendment part of the uh, claim, and he basically said that he had been consistent since the beginning of our lawsuit. He was going to continue to be consistent with his uh with his ruling that our games were protected speech. And a couple comments he made there that I thought were really stood out to me because as you well know, the last hearing we were at prior to the one last Monday, the Commonwealth just basically tried to get up and say, These are games of chance, these are gambling devices, this is gambling, it's not skill games, it's not protected speeches. They just tried to get up and Say these things and make these statements. And I guess they thought that just by them saying those words, that that's that made them fact.
1: And the words were that these were
2: gambling devices. Gambling devices. Yeah. They were calling a skill game a gambling Gambling device. device. Mm -hmm. And so the judge pretty much said it, you know, basically, it doesn't matter what the Commonwealth tries to label them as, they are protected speech. And even quoted, uh, Dean Smola, who's on our legal team, one of his lines in the brief that said, the Commonwealth controls free speech. No, no, no. What did he say? Got it backwards. Free,
1: free speech, speech controls, controls the, the Commonwealth.
2: Commonwealth does not control free speech. Amen, brother. So he made that comment, yep. you know, as well. And that's, and that is really important. Yeah.
1: Because remember the constitution and the and the bill of rights was created to protect the people from government right it's not something that guides the government so mm-hmm. government doesn't control free speech free speech controls, controls the, the government. government yeah and it protects the people yeah and i mean it's just it's a so hell he made line. this
2: the things that he said in his ruling um really make me feel good about where we were headed once he started talking about that then he made reference to because let's be honest Bill, from the time last June, you know, and I got to tell you, I get so frustrated when people talk about this case now and they talk about all the casinos and all the game manufacturers and all the different people involved. When it started out, it was me and you. It was. It was me and you. Nobody else. Outside of the Capitol. It was a hundred degrees out there. It was. Now when people do interviews and stories about the case, they talk about, all these different skill game manufacturers and the VGT people and the casino people, it was me and you. Yeah. And nobody else was there, you know, cause they were, didn't think we could win. Nobody believed. Now everybody wants to latch on, mm-hmm.
1: but well, look, my father used to say failure is an orphan, but success has many fathers. Yeah. And right now we have many fathers.
2: So after he went through the free speech controls the commonwealth, the commonwealth doesn't control free speech. Mm-hmm. He got into what I was getting back to ever since we filed the lawsuit, just me and you last June, even up to the first trial we went through when I testified in court and was cross-examined by the attorney general's office, they have want to, wanted to paint this into a situation with me that it's Mr. Sadler is, it's just about the money. It's right. just about money and revenue, all these m- funds and revenues that, that he, that's what he's mad about. And I said all along, if it was just about the money, I would have done like a lot of other people did. Just continue to run my games illegally and wait till they get me and then move or, to another one or whatever.
1: Or again, remind the audience that might have been listening before, when you turned off your skill games that were run by uh, PaySomatic, Queen of Virginia, yeah. that followed the law mm-hmm. when the ban went in place on July 1. What happened? Did you not have a flood of calls from other people that wanted oh, uh, to replace the,
2: them? The 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 same day I had calls from representatives with people with VGTS and charitable gaming and everybody VGT else. VGT being video game termals. video game tournament games games of chance of chance. They said, Army, just let this go. Don't don't worry about it. Give us a couple months when the you know, because really, their insinuation they're telling me." We can put these other VGTs in there. So it, that told me that the government and the casinos, it's not really that they don't want games in these small businesses. It's just that they want to have their games in there right? and control the revenue and all that. And that's true. But from the beginning, the AG's office has tried to look at me, my family and say, it's just about the money for the Saddlers. That's all it is. Greed. Greed. And so, uh, I was happy and proud and relieved when the judge said, after he finished with the with the um, free speech part of his ruling, and he said, and also it does not matter if there's a profit motive. It does not matter if game manufacturers manufacture these games for profit. It doesn't matter if the convenience stores or the businesses that operate these games make money uh, or commissions on these games. And it doesn't matter if the player uses his or her skill to win cash prizes or anything like that off the machine. He said it doesn't matter. Hmm. And that's really what the AG's office had tried to state, not prove, but state in court in previous hearings that it's just about the revenue and it's just about this, just about that, and it's, it's conduct, it's not speech. You know, and you 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 can't win cash prizes with a skill game, and they tried to muddy the water, and they
1: tried to say it was
2: gambling. They and, tried to say it was gambling, and they also, and my this is just my opinion. There's no fact to this. I think, and I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. I think they wanted to test the spine of this judge because they wanted to lay on this judge that, hey, this injunction that you granted these plaintiffs last year is the reason all of these illegal games are popping up all over the Commonwealth of Virginia could not be further from the truth. Yeah. Because the reason why the illegal games started popping up was because the people in the General Assembly, because the casinos put so much pressure on them to ban these games and give them monopoly, all they cared about was wiping these games out. They did not think about what would happen. While doing that, they took away the power and the authority of the ABC to police, enforce, enforce, provide oversight, and collect taxes on these games. So th- that was never a consideration for them. They just knew that these out-of-state casino interests were used to getting their way and they had persuaded enough people in Richmond to do whatever means necessary to ban these games so that these casino operate, operators know when they come in that they're going to have a monopoly.
1: Now, now, you make a great point. And, in fact, if you take it where the casinos came in, Virginia was against gambling forever. It's kind of like if a stranger comes to your door, knocks on the door and says, hey, can I use your phone? And you say, sure. There's going to be a benefit, maybe. And now they want to eat your food in the cabinet, watch TV, control your life. The casinos have come in in Virginia now, and they said, hey, can we run these games? We'll bring uh, tax revenues. We'll help local communities, especially the, the distressed communities. This will be great. And then they come in and start eating all your food and then dictating what's going to happen in your house. Right. That's where we've gotten to. Mm-hmm. And we've allowed them to to do that on the promise that, oh, don't worry, we're going to bring you millions and billions of dollars. We're going to employ so many people. We're going to solve the employment crisis in Southside and Southwest Virginia, our distressed areas. We're going to end food deserts. We're going to bring, you know, uh, Safeways and Giants and Kroger's in here. We're going to do all this stuff. But they're not. They're not. But we have, as a state and a government, believe that they're going to be the panacea, that they're going to be this great thing for us. And in the meantime, they're dictating policy rather than we're dictating policy and limiting what they can do when they come in our house. You can use my phone, that's it, go back outside. And what that has caused is now, because we've gone so far down the road with these guys, that we're basically saying, they say, you can't do this, okay, you can do this, okay, fine. We're responding to them rather than us dictating what should be happening in that industry. And part of that has been No skill games, no bingo games in the VFW halls, no charitable bingo games like my daughter wanted to have for her uh, robotics team. Uh, You can't do that unless we give you permission. And when we get all these skill games out, we're going to bring skill games back in. But they're going to be our machines and maybe video games of chance, and we're going to control that too. And what they can't understand is that you would stand up and say, that ain't right. There's no monopoly in the world. There's no... Uh, in a free market system, monopolies are strictly prohibited. Although we give exceptions in the government, they're doing you know like railroads and those kind of things. They're doing something where they're trying to run the field and and really take over everything. And you stood in the middle of that and said, "No way, no, not going to happen." And what the what the court ruled was really not about monopoly. It really wasn't about anything else. It was about. That what video games of skill are, are not games of chance that, that actually the casinos and rosies run. This is something completely different that Virginia has allowed to happen before, maybe not in the video scheme, but we've had video, we've had non-video games of, ch- of skill, man versus horse, skee ball, knocking down, you know, pins, uh, bowling, those kind of things, golf. Uh, we've allowed that to happen and we've allowed people to make money. And to your point is that when the when the court said it does not matter that someone may make a profit off the expression of free speech, you can, you can be a kid that's really good at Madden 23, playing that football game, that PS5 football game, and you should be able to make $50,000 playing it in the same way that if you write a book, profit is not the motive. I mean, if... if if free speech was only limited because you're exercising your free speech, but couldn't make money on that, then every author, David Baldacci of Virginian could make a profit off the books and the novels he writes. You can't say, well, that's different. If free speech, there's a profit motive to free speech, it's still free speech. And what the court was saying was there's a profit motive here. Maybe, but it doesn't say that suddenly it's gambling and not free speech. Right.
2: That's right.
1: And It's just so it doesn't matter if the player wins. Doesn't matter if the company that makes the video game terminal terminal that has the free speech flowing to the
2: player, that they have a profit. And and when I think about all of this, number one, to your point, the reason we've been winning is because we're on the right side of the law. The constitution's on our side. That's right. And people's rights. That that's why we've been winning. But as I've said many times before, what Really encouraged me to really get in the fight was simply protecting the rights of small business owners across the Commonwealth of Virginia.
3: And that's what I don't understand. Even if what the casinos were trying to do was constitutional, still, why would they want to do that? Wait, wait, wait. What
2: part would they be doing that's constitutional? I said, if. If what they were trying to do by banning skill games, even if it was oh, constitutional, okay. Sorry. why would they want to do that? Because they're building a Rosie's right now in Emporia, right there where I live. Right. If they get their way, they're going to come in and have a monopoly and steal everybody's employees because they, they're already on second base. They've, they're paying 7% tax on their games. We were paying 40 You know They got all these advantages, all this. Don't doesn't Rosie's understand? For people to come trade with them, other people and other businesses have to survive in the area. You know, to so to, it's like they're coming in and like to hell with everybody else. Yeah, to hell if you go out of business. To hell if this mom and pop operator on the corner of the street goes out of business. You know, and I've told people as far fetched as it sounds, this really our our fight. Regardless of even if you own skill games, play skill games, have skill games, I'm talking about if you have any kind of small business, if we sit down and don't fight and let this happen on this issue, what will the government do next? You're talking about what the casinos try to do. How about the government? If we let them in the house to use the phone, if we say, okay, just go ahead and dictate who gets a monopoly who gets to do this kind of business or dictate what freedom is, dictate what freedom is. Yeah, The government doesn't define what freedom
1: is or the freedom of speech is, but they're prevented from stopping free speech. Even when it offends most people, even when it's expressed in different ways,
2: but it's also, it's also far fetched. I mean, what's, what's to prevent them next from saying, okay, some big hot rod comes in and, you know, wants to have a monopoly on something else. And then they, you know, next time it's okay, you you're out because this guy's in, they they've, Got a lot of power and influence? Let's do it, you know? Well,
1: and, and you know what? That's a great example. And I, I don't mean to, to, to move away from this conversation. We'll come right back. But Tesla came to Virginia. Tesla is not a franchise. Our auto dealers that, you know, Barry Nelson, and, the, and, the, and he's a great guy, has Nelson, yeah, uh, yeah. the Nelson dealerships down mm-hmm. in my area. They own franchises. They've worked very hard to have a franchise which then sells the license. You know, has a license to sell the Chevrolets, the Dodges, the Fords. Tesla comes in, they're not franchises. They're owned by the company. It's a dealership that's not a franchise dealership. So it's the corporation to there. I was against that in Northern Virginia. And they said, oh no, no, we just want one dealership. But once we let that one dealership in, that that'll be it. That's but it's owned by the company. It doesn't respect the franchise organization that Virginia has traded on, whether it's real estate or car dealerships. Well, now they open the door. And once you open the door. You can't shut it again. Now they're looking at dissolving franchise. See what we do? Yeah. We think it's just, you know, this little bit here with little, little rosies. And then all of a sudden it's like an ink stain that has spread across your shirt and you got to throw the thing away because now it's in control. Not these businesses that have, have lived on and, and worked so hard
2: to build Virginia. Yeah. And so that's the part. And I don't have an answer. I don't know if you have an answer. It's like if I'm in the casino business and I want to bring casinos to Virginia, you go do your thing, you get your license to do all that. It would just never occur to me that I've got to destroy somebody else by aid of the government. Right. So I can survive. Right. The
1: government is now giving away your business because it sold itself out to that bigger business.
2: I mean, I would be more of the mindset. Hey, if I believe in my product, If I believed in my business plan that much, Mm -hmm. I'm going to come build my Rosies or my casino and I'm going to operate my business on the same playing field as everybody else. And, and I'm going to compete and I'm going to work hard to hire better people and train them better, pay them better, do all that. They're looking for the government to just clear the path, Yep.
1: you know, you know, and I'm like, with the promise of tax
2: revenue, but what I'm saying is why do these people, have that mindset. That's what that's that's what I Which people? The government or the company? The the casino, out of state casino, the investors, the owners, the lobbyists, all these people, they just think that they are entitled to a monopoly, or they think it's part of everyday life to take somebody's business away from them that they didn't earn.
1: Well, because you're small. Think about it this way. When the men
2: that I mean you know, I, I maybe, I'm not that ask, America, maybe I'm not asking the question. Right. Well, and maybe I'm, like,
1: maybe I'm not understanding, but let me just say, this, this nation was built on a few people revolutionizing uh, the way that we grew as a nation, whether it's the railways, you know, you're talking about uh, the DuPonts, you're talking about, you know, uh, Teddy Roosevelt coming in and busting up the trust buster, busting up monopolies. We are, based on the free market system, not for monopolies, but the government over and over, it has made exceptions to the non-monopolistic rule for one reason: tax money. We're seeing, we're allowing a monopoly with our sports. Um, you know, with the Major League Baseball, we let with football. We we give them exemptions, we give them tax exemptions. We we give them things because we're going to get a bigger revenue, and the government says, "Feed me, Seymour. I need more money." So what Virginia said was. Well, we're totally against gambling for years, years, years. Never, I never would have thought gambling would have been absolutely allowed, nor marijuana legalization in Virginia during my lifetime, especially when I was in the General Assembly. But when the government started sniffing around for new revenue and found that there were no more new revenue streams, they went to the vices, the vices of gambling, smoking pot. And what you see now is, then they came in, the casino interest came in and said, We will satisfy your hunger with these tax revenues, And the government says, yes, yes, give us millions and billions of dollars. Yes, and we'll let you come in here and create this vice and create trouble and addiction. But we're going to get this money because we have an insatiable desire to grow and to spend things on on whatever the politicians want to spend on. And then in in exchange, the casino says, yes, I'm going to give you this money. But in exchange for that money... You're going to make sure that I'm the only entity that gives you this tax. You're not going to allow small businesses to participate in Virginia. You're not going to allow anything other than what we dictate to occur and happen. And you're going to be dependent on us. Then we come, become Virginia. The state becomes the addicted. And the pusher is the casinos, which says, unless we're here, you ain't getting this cash. But you need to do it our way. They're the pusher man. And we're so addicted because we need to have that. We're spending it already on special projects and all this stuff. We just got to go along with it. And so when they say, hey, and by the way, you're going to screw all these small businesses that pay taxes and employed millions of Virginians. Suddenly, because we're so addicted to the big time cash, we forget about dancing with the one that brung us, which is our small business uh, uh, business owners. And quite frankly, we say, "Okay, you can't participate in this industry because this industry has promised us so much, but we have to give away so much in order to get their money, even though they're
2: polluting Virginia. I guess to, to put my my point or my question into a, a different term.
1: Oh, did I confuse you? I mean, no, no, no. I thought I made a good point. If I were, I it was a
2: really good point. <laughs> if I were in the, you know, my family's in the convenience store business, obviously. Yeah. If I decided I wanted to come to your part of the country, Moneta, that area. The gentle
1: fold of God's palm.
2: Okay. Yes. If I wanted to come there and buy or build a convenience store Mm -hmm. and sell gas somewhere up in your part of the state, call me crazy. But it would just never occur to me that before I did that, I would need to try to go to the General Assembly and get them to give me a monopoly on selling gas and potato chips and drinks at a store in your Moneta. I, I, why would I think I deserve that?
1: Yeah, but still, so, remember, you're offering a con- common product. There are other businesses already established. Right. The casinos came in and said, We're the only ones that can give you sports gambling and betting, sports book. I mean, remember that used to be bookies. Now we're legitimizing illegal activity and calling it sports book. You know, you can get it on your app, on your phone. We're going to give you casinos we're going to go into the distressed areas and build a $120 million facility in a hotel. And we're going to employ 2000 people like cleaning rooms and, and being uh, you know, pit bosses. And, and suddenly that's unique and different. So they offer something that's unique and different, but they want to say, look, if I'm going to bring my special sauce in here, we can't have any competition. And you can only allow the casinos between this area and this area. So they're not competing against each other. Oh, by the way, Don't let the small business that is the backbone of the Commonwealth of Virginia interfere with us taking people's money and dictating how the gaming industry will be in Virginia. You are basically ceding control of the government and its rule or governance over the people to a damn outside casino interest. And that's what pisses me off.
3: Why? um, This I guess... I've never understood the concept of having to
2: harm or destroy somebody else to elevate myself. I, d- I don't get it. I don't.
1: I There's I guess, so many people out there like that,
2: companies like that.
1: I know, but I, I don't. It's a dog eat dog world, and you're wearing milk bone underwear,
2: yeah. buddy. I, and that's this I'm going to tell you that's one part about this whole process. And I've told you this a hundred times. I've never had anything more stressful that weighed more on my shoulders 24 hours a day, seven days a week than this fight. I've heard it and I've seen it for, for a year and a half. I know for a year and a half. Okay. But you're the only one with big
1: shoulders that could shoulder this fight. Yeah.
2: Too. But I just don't understand. And in some of those people that are involved in the casinos, obviously are very smart and successful people. No yeah. question about that.
1: You don't get there from being dumb,
2: but I don't understand the mindset of we can't, do our business unless we take y'all's first and not take it by doing better business by getting the government to take it before I
3: just I don't understand somebody's mindset of imagine being a billionaire
2: and being part of a team that's going to build a 150 million dollar casino somewhere and have all these great things we're going to do and be laying in bed at night, worrying about the Kmart or the Zip Mart on the other side of town that's got two skill games in it. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? But they worry
1: about even, (laughs) you know, like the uh, veterans of foreign wars having a bingo. parlor. They're against charitables having any kind of charitable gaming that can actually do their kind of gaming in perhaps, you know, that same
2: VFW hall.
1: But and it, give money to charity. In competition, that's,
2: in the, that's the enemy of the state. Isn't competition good?
1: Not to in, them. In
2: business? Competition makes everybody better. You know, it's funny because if you go down, the, I've never been to Vegas, but you see the picture.
1: There's casino, casino, casino. They're all in competition. Yeah. They're all fighting for those millions of people that pour into Las Vegas and mm-hmm. say, you know, I want to gamble. And, I, and they all want to take their money. But I think it's collusive too. I think there's a collusion where they all kind of say, hey, listen, it's us, you know, there's a bubble around us. There may be, you know, the wind group and, and, and Bally's and hard rock, but they're all working. together. I mean, it's kind of, you know, in my opinion, illusion. Yeah. And, and so we'll split this pie up because we're all established here, but we're not letting the small guy in. And especially when we go into these new marketplaces, remember, used to be, it was Vegas, Chicago, Atlantic city. That was really it. Right. Then they got the Indians. They figured out that the Indians because they were a sovereign nation and they had sovereign lands and the government couldn't control because the federal government was against or the state government might be against gambling, casino-style gambling. Well, what do you see next? Proliferation of casinos in uh, sovereign Indian lands because they were not subject to the laws of the state or the federal government. And then when the states where these sovereign lands were start saying, wait a minute, we're missing out on tax revenue because the casinos were getting these things tax-free and they And the Indians were getting the benefit. Wait a minute. Maybe we want a piece of that. And that opened the door. Remember, that opened the door, and they came right through. And instead of using your phone, they're dictating what you eat, what you do, what you do with the money you have. And now then you're seeing a lot of states succumbing because they have no other new stream of revenue to generate taxes saying, okay, the vices are what we got left. Marijuana, drugs, sex workers in some states, and casinos. And the casinos then, because the money is so big and the investment that they make is so big in the state, get to dictate what the state does sometimes with how much revenue they get, where their $100 million hotels are going to go, but then what they're going to do in eliminating competition because we're not going to be here, Virginia, if you're going to allow all these small businesses to have mini casinos in a convenience store. And we're going to say a skill game is as much as a threat uh, or uh, a a bingo hall at a VW is a threat. And now we're not going to build that $100 million casino and employ all your people unless you get rid of them. And the state goes, okay, great. Cause we want the $100 million casino and we're afraid of losing it. So we'll eliminate the convenience store from participating in the gaming marketplace that we've now created in Virginia.
2: I want to make one more comment. Then I want to spend a few minutes just talking about the aftermath of the hearing this week. Yeah, yeah. And some of the- Well, I
1: got a couple questions. I wrote them down.
2: I mean, people are pissed. Yeah. The, the people that are used to getting their way are really mad. Yeah, yeah I can tell um, you're right about that. But, so my here's a question. I, I won't make it about Emporia because I don't want to, you know, I'm, you right now represent a little bit of Danville, part of Danville, right?
1: Uh, Everything but two precincts. So most okay. Of them. Yeah. All right.
2: there's a, where the casino's going up. Yeah. There's a casino coming to Danville. Correct. Okay. The people with the Danville Casino want a monopoly on gaming. Absolutely. Okay. So also in these casinos, they're going to have restaurants, bars, hotel rooms,
1: entertainment,
2: entertainment, movies, movies, all that, everything. What people, not all, what some people don't realize is by giving this casino that's coming to Danville, this monopoly on games, the government it's basically saying, okay, Mr. or Mrs. Danville resident, or Mr. Or Mrs. somebody traveling through that's going to Danville, if you decide you want to entertain yourself and, and and play a game and you can't go anywhere except that casino. Yeah. That's where you have to go to do that. Yep. So in doing that, while this couple is there, they're also gonna eat at the casino restaurant. They're going to drink at the casino bar. They're going to stay at the casino hotel. So what do the other restaurant owners? They're going to
1: get mugged in the casino
2: parking lot. (laughs) Okay. But what are the other, what, what are the restaurant owners, the other restaurant owners in Danville, the other uh, small businesses that have skill games, the other hotels, how do they compete? Because the government is giving them something to sell that nobody else can have which means that they can charge more money for their services and all that, which means they can pay more money to employees and lure them away from these, all these other businesses in Danville to go work at the casino. So the Hampton Inn and the Red Roof Inn and the Days Inn and the Outback and all these other places are either going to lose all of their employees who are struggling already to get Struggling and already. Keep them. Yeah. Are going to lose all their employees who by the way a casino can pay more money because guess what we've got a monopoly and so these people we have a captive audience they have to come here so all the other restaurants and the mom and pop places and the little breakfast joints and the diners and all that just get obliterated they cannot compete. They cannot compete. So all I've been trying to say, Bill, from day one is the people, the places where the casinos are coming, But you, we can argue a whole nother show whether it's smart or not, yeah. but majority wins. They win. But at least make the casino come operate on the same play. You already got enough advantages. Well, and as it and is. I guess what you're talking about
1: too is like, let's say there's a really good, there's a, uh, there's really good restaurants in Danville. Danville has done. Danville is such a great city. They've, they've really fought back to bring back and revitalize their economy from the tobacco-based economy. that They had industrial manufacturing taken away by the federal government. You've got Gold Leaf Bistro. You've got great restaurants popping up right around the tobacco warehouse district. Great small business investors going in there. The, what you're saying is they have to kind of wait for the crumbs to come off the table when that casino opens up, right? That's right. So so basically, if I'm going to the casino and I want to gamble, well, I can eat, watch a show, go to a movie, uh, get a drink, do everything I sh- that everybody in the city of Danville would hope that their small businesses actually have that kind of traffic. Mm-hmm. But they're only going to get the overflow traffic of somebody who's tired of being at the casino. All right. And having that drink right. and going to that restaurant. Right. That's the only kind
2: of cast off stuff that they're going to get. Right. And the casino is going to be able to hire and or hire away all the best employees from the other small businesses, not because they're better businesses, but because they've got monopolies in a, in different and platforms and they can pay better because the government says you can't play the skill game at the restaurant or at the, at, at the mm. bar or the wow. banner, yeah. you have to go to the casino. So we've got this captive audience. So look, what are you making over there? 12? I can pay you 17, 18. Come on over here. Give you benefits. Give you benefits. Why? Did we earn that? No, we didn't earn it. The government, we, the government gave it to us. Mm. So these people wow. have no that, idea you're what's exactly coming. exactly right. I hadn't about All that. these towns. That's what it. Rosie's is going to do to Emporia. I already know. Rosie's is going to open up in Emporia in the summer of, of next year, and they're going to go around. And that's, I went to city council and they're like, oh, we're going to create a hundred jobs. I'm like, y'all have no idea what the business climate's like in Emporia. 90 of those a hundred, you're going to hire away from not only Hermie. So you're losing a hundred But jobs. Cracker Barrel, yeah, the Hampton Inn, all these other places, you're going to go get the cream of the crop from all these other businesses because you can afford to pay more because you've got, a government-enabled monopoly, mm. and wow. so pay more. So how does anybody else, do, do the casinos think that, I mean, it's going to be a ghost town yeah. except for them. Yeah, or
1: at Rosie's, right?
2: Right. And so it's just, well, and, and don't forget,
1: you know, have you seen vice occurring? I mean, outside your convenience stores, you, you, you may have an occasional fight or something, has been drinking, but in every area, in fact, at the Colonial Downs, from what I hear, I don't know his fact, but I'm going to say it. When Rosie's went in there, uh, the police reports and the police being called there went up yeah. you know, percentage-wise, a significant percentage-wise. Mm-hmm. What you always see is around the casinos, but casinos are advice, is that crime rises. I mean, you have problems. The vice creates more vice. Prostitution, drugs, those kind of things. We robberies, uh, people stealing your credit cards. I can go on and on and on. Grit. Uh, grifters, those kind of things. We don't even address that this casino, we act like it's just some pristine thing, but around the casino, we're going to have even more problems for those communities, not just drawing away the, the employees, but we're increasing the rate of addiction to gambling. We're increasing the rate uh, potentially of access to drugs. We're increasing the rate of access to sex workers and, and prostitution. And all of these things, which we, which decay a moral society are going to be occurring around this epicenter? Historically so. I mean, just go to Vegas. I've never been there, but I've seen the thing and I've had friends tell me about it, or I've been to Atlantic City. It ain't pretty around those casinos, right? And then you're bringing them into the city of Danville, city of Bristol, Portsmouth, Hampton, Norfolk, which is and especially, you know, in today's society with relaxing criminal enforcement criminal justice reform, as they call it, we're already having problems with the increase of violent crime, increase of personal property crime. That is, you know, from shoplifting to carjacking to, you know, robbery. We're seeing all of that. These things are not going to bring that down. They're not going to give money to law enforcement, make things better. They might hire some of our law enforcement sheriff's uh, deputies to come work security, but it's not going to make the
2: outside in that perimeter around the casino safer or better. See, and I'm, in my opinion, as I said, we, we've been winning because we've been right with the law. Mm-hmm. But my biggest motivation was simply the concept of let's crush these people so we can thrive. I, I just, I, I don't, you know, and they're granting monopolies. You can call it whatever you want to, but that's what they're doing. That's really what and it so, is. And so I want to read this to you.
1: I it, love when you read to
2: me. Yeah. The Republican <laughs> Party of Virginia Creed. You bring that up a lot. Here's what it says. The Republican Party of Virginia creed. Number one, we believe that the free enterprise system is the most productive supplier of human needs and economic justice. Amen. We also believe that all individuals are entitled to equal rights, justice, and opportunities and should assume their responsibilities as citizens in a free society.
1: True and well written.
2: That fiscal responsibility and budgetary restraints must be exercised at all levels of government.
1: Also agree.
2: That the federal government must preserve individual liberty by observing, observing constitutional limitations. I wish it would live by that. That peace is best preserved through a strong national defense.
1: So long as you're selling weapons through the industrial complex of the military to Ukraine. I agree. Right. And Whatever. that the
2: faith in God as recognized by our founding fathers is essential to the more fiber. Fiber of the nation. Praise Jesus. So tell me, how people that are legislators—I'll even say it—people in the AG's office, lobbyists for casinos. All these people, seventy-three of them, right? Seventy-three lobbyists (laughs) that they can they can sugarcoat it ever how they want to. Yeah, but they are continuing to try to ban skill games. So that casinos have a monopoly. How does that practice and the people that are
3: supporting that mission, how does that jive with the Republican Creed of Virginia? Uh, It doesn't. It doesn't at all. So what are we talking about? Talking about
1: big corporations coming in into our backyard and pushing us around.
2: All you could ever ask as a business owner vice. All I can ask for as a business owner, if somebody comes into my area and opens up a business similar to mine and kicks my ass and takes my business and my people, that's my fault. But if the
3: government just gives it to somebody else, that's, that's the whole problem.
1: But again, bear is never full. It wants to eat. I'm just eat. telling
2: you that's the problem. Right,
1: but it wants to eat. We'll never win. Remember, the, the founding father said, it's a republic if you can keep it. But they also said, you'll never know more freedom than, than the liberty and freedom we gave you at the inception of this government. But the government is going to want to get stronger and bigger, fatter, and there's no point where it will be satisfied. Dick Saslaw said on the, on the floor of the Senate years ago, There ain't a tax that I don't love. You can't tell me there ain't a tax that I don't want more of because they always want more money. I think when I was, I, I mean, the budget was half of what it is now. The biennial budget, the billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars was half, almost half when I came in 11 years ago. We found new revenue streams and new ways to spend your tax dollars. We are running out of because there are only so many people. There's nine and a half million people in Virginia. They only make so much money. That's a definite tax revenue cutoff. We attract more businesses that come in here that bring more workers in, that pay more taxes, but the, but the businesses pay taxes. And then we give them incentives to come here. So we spend money or we get less taxes. We are only left with the vices. Marijuana. I would never have thought 11 years ago when I became a Senator, that marijuana or drugs would ever be legal. Hell, we had a bill last year that said mushrooms, magic mushrooms, psilocybin, should be made legal. We are now uh, poised to, we have medical marijuana outlets, recreational marijuana, we're going to tax the crap out of it. We hope to make millions and millions of dollars. Now, that's why the vices are in. And that's, we're running out of revenue streams to increase because the bear is never full. It wants to eat. It wants to feast, and so what's next? There's nothing after you get to casinos and, and drugs. I don't know any other industry that we have, uh, we have scorned, held in in low regard, and kept out of Virginia that we can let in now that's going to bring the money in that these last two will, and you, we're stuck with it. You know what's we're been,
2: damn stuck with it. You know what's been one of the most productive parts of our crusade in this lawsuit.
4: Hmm.
2: To me. Because when we first got started, even before we filed the lawsuit, when I was coming to Richmond and coming to the General Assembly and going to see people like you all day, every day, to advocate for the rights for small businesses. And you did that. And people and the citizens. Did a lot of it. These casino investors, out-of-state special interests, and all these 74 lobbyists, they want to— 73. 73. Don't over They, state. They— have tried to do their job, which they think is a job, but do it quietly, maybe in a nice way, not be, the, wear the white hat, you know, all this. Not even wear the white hat. What
1: they did was they used the relationship they established as lobbyists to actually basically, like I said, it's one lobbyist for every two legislators. Yeah. Just make their focus that and do it and do it and poke and then say, hey, this is going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't have to be big,
2: bold, and and so boisterous people like you used, did. People used to, when when even before we filed the lawsuit, people used to, you know, when I would give my spiel about what really upsets me about this process, yeah. they'd say, Well, how do you know it's the casino people behind it? How do you know it's Rosie's behind it? How do you know Janet Howe doesn't like you? How do you know XYZ? How do you know, you know? Well, now as we know that's public record. After we got our first injunction, the AG's office appealed to the Supreme Court of Virginia, and then here we go. We smoked everybody out of the back room and got them to come out from behind the curtain. And that's Rosie's, That's all the casino lawyers, all the fancy high-dollar people. They filed all these amicus briefs, oh, yeah. trying to A couple legislators persuade the General Assembly. I mean, the the uh, Supreme Court of Virginia to overrule our injunction. Right. So now... Which they never thought we'd get. They never thought we'd get. Shocked. They can't hide behind the curtain anymore. Shocked. They can't hide behind the curtain wearing the white hat and saying, hey, that's... They can't keep arm distance anymore because they had to come out. They can't quietly push their monopolies. They can't do that anymore. It's out in the open. They, They came out publicly and filed the... You had
3: a... Not gonna call a name, but a very, very, very conservative legislator
2: call you after our hearing on Monday and basically say, "Congratulations, Stanley, you got lucky, but we'll get y'all on appeal." You're gonna lose on appeal. You're gonna lose on appeal. You a won Repub- a battle,
1: but you ain't gonna win a the Republican
2: war. Republican legislator, is that fair? Yes. Okay. I read the first part of this Republican Creed of Virginia again: that the free enterprise system is the most productive supplier. Of human needs and economic justice,
1: that, and don't forget also too, when we won the first time, and then we amended our complaint. There is a new delegate who seems to file a lot of lawsuits that he can't win. He files them. I think he was a wills trust and estate guy that now just thinks he's a
2: trial lawyer. And he goes. You mean the court. same guy that had a meeting with uh, all of these skill game operators? Correct. Down. In the Hampton Roads area, uh, correct.
1: And you know he files these big time lawsuits, make, makes a big splash, and then loses. What a shock! Said when they amended the when they amended the uh, budget to include, over. yeah, to include this criminal uh, uh, amendment to the criminal code that would have, in their minds, to the casinos, created new definitions like internal counters and this and that. They thought, "Hi, we got you now," and we did it through the budget. This delegate said. To a large group of cons- of uh, convenience store owners, Stanley and Hermie gonna lose, right?
2: Yep. didn't he? Yeah, I heard it because I went and did an appearance at one of the locations that runs skill games legally. About two weeks after that, and it was a whole room full of people saying, "Hermie, we've been told that y'all are gonna lose. There's no hope." I'm like, "Well, who, who told you that?" And they told me, and I'm like, "That person." is not involved in my lawsuit. He has no idea really, I, apparently, why we've won so far. And,
1: and I guess he gave his legal his crack legal analysis, which has helped him lose all the other cases and decided we're going to be losers just like the, him. The
2: point is, but but in my opinion, people are mad now. You've been well, catching. Well, not only that, he was dead wrong. Dead wrong. But I'm saying outside of him. Dead wrong. Outside of him, you've had people shut up. Calling you. Let me
3: try my case. You just leave me alone. Be supportive. Saying, you know, Stanley. You know, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, what? You know,
1: how do we make this right?
3: I don't. You know, and I've had some people sit there and go,
1: "Well, luck again." Lucky. I mean, again. and remember, remember when we won the first injunction the first time? It was
3: home cooking. That's Greensville ruling for Hermie. It's not a Greensville judge. It's a retired judge. Two. Bill Stanley's
1: using his influence as a state center. Had nothing to do with it. It's the God-given talent that I ask God to give me to be great at something, to represent my clients with zeal. Oh, it's a, it only applies to Hermes Truck Stops. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. It only, it only applies to, right there in Greensville, the Hermes Truck Stops doesn't apply anywhere else. I mean, what you heard after the first victory was, lie after explanation, they'll lose on appeal. They won't win again, just like this delegate
3: said to a bunch of convenience store. After we've now won this week, guess what? It was home cooking. It only applies to Hermes' truck stops. It's because Stanley was using his, you know,
1: muscle as a center. Are you kidding me? I don't even address myself. Every single horse hockey uh, reason that they gave to explain away why they lost again is rearing its ugly head one more time. Yeah. One more time. They they it's, you know, different verse, same as the first. And I'm tired of it. Because you know what, Hermie, I'm gonna tell you right now. I would not be surprised because they're so bullheaded in and they're so determined to to make this monopoly, and they're so short-sighted that we won't see again in the General Assembly in the spring another feeble attempt to try to eliminate skill through budgetary language or straight up legislation. They keep missing the point. Skill games are different. You can make games of chance illegal. They're already illegal in Virginia. What you can't do is make a skill game illegal because it's based on skill. And in the video uh, setting, it's an interaction the way the games are created between the player and the video game that is protected free speech. You are never going to get around free speech. You need to say uncle. Let's find a reasonable way of regulating and taxing it. Let's allow these small businesses to be participants in this emerging marketplace called the gaming industry, which the casinos right now and Rosie's have a monopoly. Let's be fair and let's create a fair playing field for all concerned. And that's the only way we're going to solve it. Otherwise, you're going to be on this hamster wheel and we're going to get another I'm going to I'm going to amend my complaint. I'm going to amend it again and I'm going to beat you again. And you know what? By the time we finish, I'll have enough college fund for all my kids to go to Harvard free because I'll pay for it. I mean, you want to keep making me money or you want to solve or you want to solve the issue and not only make money for the Commonwealth, but make enough money that's going to rehabilitate schools or pay our sheriffs more money or pay our teachers more money. You know, or even police illegal gaming and get illegal gambling out of the way and do this in a responsible way. Are you trying to prove a point? Are you going to keep serving the person that, I'm sorry, the entity that has been greasing the skids, or you're going to say, we created a mess. Don't forget. When they passed the ban on skill games, they created a mess. They allowed these VGTs and these games of chance to come in. The proliferation of illegal games. Lost game. complete control. Yeah. They created it, not skill games. Right. Skill games has the opportunity of redefining again, what is legal and was not legal, doing it in a responsible way, allowing small we proved businesses all to be in the market. We proved all this
2: stuff in the first trial. Yeah, every bit of it. But are you gonna?
1: I mean, what did what did Einstein say? You know, insanity is you know trying something over and expecting the same result after failure. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but that's about it. Are you gonna keep doing this? Are we gonna keep having again injunctions? Are we gonna solve the problem in the general assembly session in January of 2023? That's going to bring revenue to Virginia in a responsible way, allow small businesses to participate and stop the nonsense and get rid of the illegal gaming.
2: And here's the truth that none of the casino people ever want to acknowledge or hear anybody say, the skill game industry wants to be fairly taxed and regulated. We want that. The industry needs that. The Commonwealth needs that. The ABC was doing a tremendous job Policing, enforcing, and collecting taxes Work. on these games. Work. People that operate skilled games in convenience stores do not want to lose their ABC license. People were doing it right. They're responsible. They were collecting tax. Yeah. It, was, it was no problems. Yeah. Tom Kirby, or De- Detective Kirby with ABC, testified at our first hearing, no problems. No criminal problem? No criminal problem? No. Collected I think tax?
1: I think he cited two things. One was a guy that popped open a tall boy while he was playing the skill game that he bought. He shouldn't have been drinking inside the premises. And that, that one of the skill game operator convenience stores wouldn't pay the tax, if I remember correctly. Yeah. and But, you know. That was it. You know. That's not vice and, and vice around the unit. Because the convenience store is keeping it straight. Plus, plus, if I remember correctly. You know, and you told me this, and then I saw it on a news report by somebody who works in one of your stores. She basically stated, one of your managers stated, and I think it's true because I've heard it from convenience store owners that I talked to today on the Capitol Grounds about this issue. They said, it makes our, it makes our store safe. Sure. Because the people we know are there, we know them, and it keeps out the riffraff at like 11 or 12 o'clock at night because there are people in the store, well in mm-hmm. store. And you're not seeing the robberies. And most the, of them are
2: locals and or friends of the people that work there. And guess what? And, it's, and it keeps the bad guy away. Everybody doesn't have the ability to get in a car and, and, and drive to Portsmouth no, to a casino.
1: Driving to a, look, look, people in Franklin County in their flip-flops and their camo shorts are not driving to Bristol to go play uh, the back rat tip.
2: So guess what I'm getting now? Hmm. We've a Tattoo? We've, um, we've, we've announced already that I'm running for Senate. Yep. 17th District. Yep. So now I'm already through indirect messages to me and to uh, hint, little hints to people on my campaign team that these casino people, I know they're already mad at you. Now they're already making idle threats of they're going to support anybody they can to keep Hermie from getting elected to the, to the Senate in the 17th district. That would be a monopoly of politics. Now, now why? Because you and I are standing up for the little guy. In this we're, little podcast. We're standing up for the Constitution. In our race team. Yeah. So the
1: casinos. why would they want free speech? The casino people. Why would they want you to speak your mind? This and is going. Because it's against their business interests.
2: This is going to sound ugly, but here's the truth. We have proven that what the casinos lobby the General Assembly to do is newsflash unconstitutional. You cannot do it. So You're right. The fact that we stood up and brought that to the attention
3: and took them to court and have been winning, they have two choices. They could say, "Bill, y'all proved us wrong. Let's sit down and work this out." But no, they're now
2: saying, "Hermie and Bill have won in court. They've proven what we've tried to do or tried to force the General Assembly to do is unconstitutional." But we're not going to sit down and come to the table. And try to fix it. We're going to do everything we can to cause grief for Bill and hermy, And so I'm, I, I'm, and they're trying, I haven't even, <laughs> I, we hadn't even had an election or any, any votes cast or anything. So these people are saying, you haven't even sold all your Christmas balls I haven't yet, haven't sold you? all my balls yet, <laughs> but they're saying, Hey, don't worry. Sadler. You think you're going to come to the Senate and mess up our little party? And, mess up our playground that we've got a fence up around that, that we're going to do what we want to do and, 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 and cater to these people that out of state interest, that got all this money. Let's see if you ever make it over here. Sadler, we'll, we'll see to it. We'll support whoever might be running against you. And I'm like, I guess I'm too dumb. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, (laughs) whatever.
1: Pack a lunch. Yeah. Um, used to be not too long, 10, 15 years ago. You know, and and I'm reminded, you know, um, I may hate my sister, but nobody better hate her. In Virginia, you know, we didn't allow outside people from outside states influence how we ran the Commonwealth of Virginia. We didn't let California do it, New York. We didn't let outside people harm other citizens, no matter who they were, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now we seem to have ceded that territory. We've given it away. We'll never get it back. And we're, we're willing to let those interests that have no concern about the Commonwealth of Virginia except making money and sucking it out of Virginia and taking it somewhere else to dictate the future of every individual, every community, every life, every politician, every governmental function, every policy decision we make in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Where have we gone? How far have we left what was right and good for Virginia. How much have we sold of the Commonwealth to outside interests because of our own greed, the insati- insatiable appetite for tax revenue that we're willing to sell away chunks of Virginia, chunks of our future and our own citizen? there. That's a sad, sad, sad moment.
2: There are, and I want to make sure I'm clear. When I say general assembly, there's way more, Good, smart, oh, yeah, people over yeah. there yeah, than yeah. bad.
1: Yeah, we're not talking about the whole place. It's, look, it's you I can, hear from a lot of them that want to get this solved and want to and want to help their small business. The, so there's a growing populace of the general assembly members, delegates, and senators who are like, man, you won, we get it. Let's make this better for right. our our
2: community. There's only three or four that have got their heels dug in on this issue. Five or six. Five or six. <laughs> Are there any of them, Bill, you know them better than I do. Are there any of them that have the ability to say,
3: we made a mistake? <laughs> no, not in that five or six. No, 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 not a chance. They have to fade away.
1: They have to get old. They have to go away like leaves when they fall so from the to tree. Be, to be and a legislator,
2: is part of, part of, in their view, part of being a legislator is never being wrong?
1: Not these types. If they have single digits on their license plates, then no. They're stubborn. They're set in their ways. They're used to the old way of governance. They're
2: used to And they're not used to to, to losing. Correct. Or admitting when they lose that they've lost. How's that? That makes sense? So you you so although you you think that we're gaining traction with some in the General Assembly. Significant traction. There's the, 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 couple at in the a top, good way. the couple at the top are, I think they agree with what we're
1: saying. Even. Yeah. 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 But the ones at the top that, that, that forced the stakes in the ground said, I will not, they're going to double down, position. triple
2: down, quadruple down, whatever that is. They'll try. Yeah.
1: But you know, if there's an overwhelming, uh, groundswell of a support from the grassroots, if there's an overwhelming, uh, movement by delegates and senators that say, look, we've had enough. You know, we, what we did was trying to stop skill games. We've created a proliferation of illegal gaming and illegal uh, criminal uh, element into the gaming industry. And if we're going to allow casinos in here, we're going to regulate them too, but also not let them have a mon- monopoly. That's a common sense belief that is we're going to let small businesses participate in this gaming marketplace. We've opened the gate. We're going to let the casinos participate. We're not against casinos. We're going to do it in a reasonable way. We're going to up the tax revenue we should get from them. And we're going to kick out the illegal gaming. And we're going to allow charitable to have a space in this.
2: I think that's what most legislators it's enough believe. enough business for everybody to stay in their lane.
1: Unfortunately, there is. And, and I, I wish, you know, I'm against gambling. Sure. I wish this was never an issue. But as long as we're saying no to gambling, no to gambling, no to gambling, we'd be fine. I'm fine. We create more problems. Don't you see? We're creating more problems. We're creating more problems. You know what's by hard letting for them me to the, believe? Let them in the gate.
2: You know what's hard for me to believe? My. That if we hadn't filed this lawsuit back in June, <laughs> they would have gotten June by. last year. June by. of last year, 18 months ago. <laughs> the powers that be, the Janet Howells of the world, would have gotten by with an unconstitutional law. Yeah, I know you giving me a funny look by saying Janet's name. <laughs> Who? Yeah, but yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. we hadn't stood up and fought, yes, yeah. an unconstitutional criminal criminal law would never have been challenged. Correct, and people would have been prosecuted,
1: and under it. and we would and have with lesser attorneys. Other than small yeah, businesses I would, have, would have been obliterated. Yes, but people would have been prosecuted, and lesser attorneys that think they're T- criminal trial lawyers who need to stay in their lane, maybe doing you know transactional work, would have gone up there and never challenged the law. And maybe I'm people not spo- would have been convicted. Owners, small business owners, and the ple- people playing these games. But
2: Governor Northam signed SB 971. He did. He signed it. Yep. It was an. We have proven it's an unconstitutional bill. Not only that it's unconstitutional,
1: but even the budget riders knew that what we defeated on the entertainment, uh, family entertainment center. And the way that they talked about uh, what a, an award would be, they struck it when they tried to recreate the budget language and create a new gobbledygook of criminal law that was also unconstitutional. And I
2: apologize for saying Senator Howell's name so much, Ooh. but she was one at a committee meeting when it was brought up about revenues for small businesses and pandemics and cost of goods going up, cost of labor going up, all the struggles of small businesses. And she said... They just need to find another way to make money.
1: Give me a minute.
2: Yeah. So I'm sorry if
3: I take that personally. I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you for that. Why don't we do this? Why don't we call it Senator Powell? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> just like hey, a code name. We're going to play a little game. Yeah. I'm going to
2: look into my crystal ball and make a prediction on something dealing with Saddle Stanley Racing. <laughs> and then I want you to look into your crystal ball and, hey. and make a determination on where you think the skill game issue ends up at the end of general assembly session coming up. Okay.
1: And before we get to that and write that down. So you remember the last thing I want to know before we go to break and I answer those and we have that. crystal. Who's going
2: to do the manscape commercial too. Do we have? You
1: are. You are cause you won. This. So well, where we're going to, we're going to do it when you get back. It's ten to my pocket. We got to do two now. But I want you, I want to, I want the listeners to know. And I really want to know, cause we haven't talked about it. We talk every night.
2: No, well, no. Well, every other You, 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 three, you, three you days ago. caused okay. yourself some problems over that.
1: All right. So I wasn't there. And I have tried many cases before a jury. When the jury goes out to make a decision, and I know you were fretting and, and, and not struggling, but you were just really worked up about the Passionate. decision. Yeah. And I told you it's, it's the time of helplessness. There's nothing you can do between the time we filed the last briefs at the time that the judge read, uh, read the decision was about, what, 10 days, 14 yep. days, two weeks? Mm-hmm. When you went in that courtroom, what were you feeling, especially as he was starting to read his ruling right. from the beginning to the end? Because that's the torture for me as a lawyer. But you as the regular plaintiff, the citizen, what were you feeling? You know, I know we know what the result is now because we're exalting it. We're, we're really extolling, you know, the yeah. greatness of the court's ruling. Yeah. But what were you going through? When he started reading to where he ended up.
2: Well, you know, granting the injunction. You know that the little bit of uneasiness I had heading into these, reading of these rulings on Monday had everything to do with the fact that the reason we had gotten that far was that you and I and our team had fought and scratched and clawed. And worked our asses off to prove everything that we had said. Yeah. We've, at that trial, <laughs> it should have been on TV. We proved every claim that we made. Mm-hmm. And it was my non-legal opinion, because I'm not an attorney, that the hearing that we had prior to last Monday, the AG's office, in my opinion, was able to get up and make claims about our games and about the case without having to prove them. Yeah. I, I just felt that way. Oh, yeah. Without a trial. So yeah, they just said, just, the, these are this, the games are that. The, the games know, are gambling. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, with, and, and relitigate issues that we'd already determined in the earlier. Right. Court. And I, so my frustration with you, not frustrating. I mean, as we passionately talked about the, the case, I'm like, Bill, if we had to prove all this stuff, why don't they have to prove all the things that they said, did they say? So I had I had a little bit of uneasiness about going back last Monday because what it boiled down to was we weren't really having to prove anything outside of the brief that we wrote, Mm -hmm. which I think we proved a lot of things and went back and, reminded the judge or brought, the, brought attention back to the judge that, hey, we've already proven this. And by the way, the state, the Commonwealth, did not prove that. They said it, but it hadn't been proven. So I had a little bit of uneasiness because I'm just used to um, having to fight and standing up for what I think is right. And I would, pre- I would have preferred to go to, to a trial situation where, okay, y'all prove what you think is right. And we're going to prove what we think is right. But this was simply come sit down and listen to the judge rule. And so uh, I'll be honest, when he started talking about the single object rule and his unwillingness at that time to drill down on that. And when he started moving on from that to the next part of the hearing, I was concerned. um, Because It's not lost on me, Bill, that even though I know we're right
3: and you know we're right, it takes a lot of um, fortitude for a judge to make the calls that
2: he's having to make on these injunctions.
1: Some people would call those Christmas ornaments.
2: And call him whatever you want. Big, giant Christmas. But I'm Jordans saying that
1: to do what he did.
2: I guess I'm saying is I don't know this judge, mm-hmm. but he has to have a lot of confidence and a lot of intestinal fortitude, regardless of what's right and what's wrong to have the spine to make the calls that he's making. Well, and I would tell you, uh, I've had a lot of experience with him in
1: trials, big trials. Um, one of the most brilliant judges, even if he had ruled against you, I would probably have to say he's right. Yeah. I might, you know, not be happy about it. But this guy has such a legal resume that is unmatched by most judges in the circuit courts of Virginia. Currently not sure he's time.
2: ever very few, if any, of his decisions have ever been overturned
3: by the Supreme Court of never, Virginia.
1: I think never. Knock on wood, but it's never. And I've seen him. Um, try cases before him. I've tried cases before him and he's got uh, an amazing brilliance of the law, amazing knowledge of the law and he applies common sense life experience and skill to his ruling and no lawyer ever thinks they never got to try their case. No lawyer ever thinks they got chipped by the court and um, you know, like I said before no matter how he ruled yeah. Um, he's one of the most brilliant jurists I've ever met and ever seen or listened to or gotten hammered by I mean, he's, you know, it's not like he hadn't hadn't dropped the anvil on my head. Um, but at the same time it didn't hurt so bad because you really believed you deserved it. Yeah. And so, um, I think every ruling he makes in in this case has been right, but of course I'm biased at the same time it's done so with reason and justification and for the right reason. I don't know
2: if it's, if it's available or not, but I would encourage people that are interested in this case, if they can get access to it, to read the transcript.
1: Maybe we'll try to put it on our website or, or our Facebook page. I think
2: it'd be good to yeah, not hear it from I mean. me or you, but read his ruling. Read the, what the judge said and his reasoning. But I guess I get back to my point is it, even though I, he's, he was very comfortable in his ruling. It takes, it. it it's it, It's a, what we're doing and what we're fighting, and I truly believe this, when it when you talk about skill games and small businesses and rights and the Constitution and all that, I really and truly feel like that the fight we're on is going to have lasting effects long after you and I are gone. Totally agree. I, I truly believe that we're fighting for something way bigger than skill games and casinos and I mean it sets the table for
1: a lot in the future.
2: If 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 you want your son, daughter, or grandson, granddaughter to to have any chance <laughs> to start, operate, and thrive in a small business, we're what we're trying to say is the government's gotta stay out of that. Yep. Now this particular issue is skill games, but we're we're trying to we're trying to to, 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 to set the precedent that the government is not going to be the reason why you or your son or your grandson or granddaughter is not successful 20 years from now. And they ought to have an equal shot, equal chance to, to, to uh, be successful. The government. And there's always a
1: legacy in a court case. Sure. Because it, it sets the precedent. I mean, for you the tell, next tell me if I'm wrong, but I,
2: I think we're dealing with something Way bigger than we even oh, I, no, realize. I agree. I agree.
1: This is not just about skill game. It's not, not. just for me. It's but not. But it is about small business. Sure. It is about free speech. Sure. It is about freedom to work in a in, in the marketplace. I say the same ideas and also of the free market. This effort.
2: lawsuit. And I say the same thing about deciding to run for for state office. I can either get off the sidelines and get in and try to fight and try love. to help for people, or I can stay on the sidelines
3: and hope that somebody else does it. Yeah. And, um, to me, and that takes a lot of
1: courage, by the way, buddy, to, to actually, man, I can't even explain
2: to you how it was sitting in that courtroom Monday when he started talking, yeah. because I look over to the other side and I just think we're right. I just think not only on the law in our case, but I think ethically, we're fighting for the right things.
1: Yeah, we
2: are. And and I look on the other side and I see the AG's office and I see all these half a 1000 thousand dollar attorneys that work that thousand dollar an any, hour attorney, thousand dollar an hour attorneys that we all and know in their three thousand dollar suits work for casinos. Yes, yeah. so they've all butted into this case and they've got involved and they've helped write briefs and they've helped write. They want you the to lose. New law and you know, as I told you, I'm not going to be bashful about being happy that we want. Because if they had won, you would have gotten 10 times as many phone calls that you got from people congratulating you, telling you, ha-ha, Stanley, we knew you were on. And that it's over. And it's over.
1: So, before we take a little break here, and then when we come back, we're going to read the Manscaped ad. Because Hermie won. Hermie, for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, ever in the Manscaped campaign, being one of our sponsors, is going to read the Manscaped commercial. That's a part of what he gets when he wins. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, here's what I want to ask you, Hermie, before we get a break. You brought up the crystal ball. What's in the future? Say that question again. I'll tell you what my thoughts are. Okay. I think you asked I'm me gonna make I a, I'm going to make a happened. prediction. Okay.
2: That way we can go back and listen to this at the end of next season. Mm-hmm. But my prediction is, is that Sadler Stanley Racing in 2023 will win at least five races.
3: Wow. You're taking the over.
2: I'm saying five. At least five. At least five.
1: Now that's combined in the smart series of Southern Modified.
2: Sadler Stanley Racing. And Wheeling? Will win a total of at least five races. One car, two cars, or three cars. (laughs) So I want you to, (laughs) I'm ignoring you, by the way. I I, want you to look into your crystal ball because y'all start General Assembly session coming up January 11th or 11th. Okay. Second Wednesday in January. Okay. And he goes, what, 45 days? Yes. Okay. look into your crystal ball. End of February. When we get out. So, okay. At the end of February, mm-hmm. when we go back and listen to this, what is your opinion and or prediction of where we will be with the, not, I'm not talking about our lawsuit. What will happen in that, in a general assembly session, as it relates to skill games, by the end of session. As
1: you know, uh, the judge in, the, in your case extended the injunction, understanding that your lawyer goes in the General Assembly, so we couldn't have a trial until we get back out. So the General Assembly has a great opportunity, a great opportunity to resolve this, to create a tax and regulatory scheme. Competing influences, though, are 140 members are up for re-election. Some of them are fighting each other in primaries. Um, it all depends on what the grassroots efforts of the consumers, the constituents, the supporters of the convenience stores, the owners of the convenience stores, the employees of the convenience stores do, that they mobilize together and they petition their government, they flood the phone banks of each legislator's office, flood the emails, and if they put up a, a real supportive fight for skill and how skill should be a part of the gaming industry, a small part, then I think you'll see a tidal wave of support. Then now those in the shadows that are delegates or senators
3: that say, I support you, but I really can't do anything, about might come out of the dark and support. We have one last chance that the
1: legislators have to look, and I'm, I'm more than willing to talk to every single one of them and go, look, dude, I'm going to keep beating your butt, okay? Not your butt, but the casinos. Butt. You can't get rid and of to these To be games. clear, you can't vote on the No, no, no. I have to abstain. But I can still give you my opinion as a lawyer. Um, So that you need to create a regulatory scheme of tax and regulation that's reasonable, that allows participation in the marketplace of gaming now, this emerging new marketplace, and that we actually can bring $250 million a year. And that's ultimately what I think. If we can bring a quarter of a billion dollars to the revenue coffers of the Commonwealth of Virginia, that's more than what the casinos are bringing now. and. You can probably pay for the policing to get rid of the illegal gaming, pay for taking care of some of the vices that are created, the addiction parts. You can probably pay for more sheriffs, and rehabilitate some schools every year. Remember, that's a quarter billion dollars every year, so long as you dedicate it to actually doing the right thing with that money. If they see it that way, and because of Joe Biden's stagflation and the lower revenue expectations that we might have, I think you may actually. And see, I'm saying may, not will, but I think you probably will see where the Virginia General Assembly finally says, if you can't beat them, let's work with them. If, if, if it is truly free speech, and now we've proven it on three separate occasions that skill games are not games of chance, games of chance are not free speech. This is free speech. Let's do it in a reasonable way that's going to help small businesses then we're going to have a resolution going to the governor's office. And I know the governor will support it and sign it in law. If you have the old holdouts with single digits on their license plates in the house and the Senate that have chosen the sides of big interests out, out, of state in the new gaming industry. The problem that they, that we have in this is that they're the ones that pull the strings in the money committees that will ultimately say yes or no. You have to have them to change their minds, or you have to be that the, the groundswell of support is so great with the senators and delegates and the people behind it that they say, okay, I may hate it and call it scuzzy and think you need to go find another way to make money. But everybody else who's up for re-election, all 140 that I'm trying to get a majority in the Democrats or majority of the Republicans need to get behind small businesses. They will cave because ultimately politics is transactional. Unfortunately, principle doesn't last. And so that's what I think will happen, which I think was a hedge combined with a dodge.
2: I have no idea what you just said. Exactly. So that's what you wanted, right?
1: Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break here. And then we come back. Hermie Sadler reads his first Manscaped ad. Listen to our great sponsors here in the, in the commercial bike. And then we're going to talk about Loudoun County Public Schools. We know it's a little long, but these are important issues. And stay with us, because these are important topics that we all need to talk
2: about. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway... I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pallet travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, hermy sadler's faux show bar and grill victory lane restaurant hunt brothers pizza dunkin donuts and much much more our locations include sadler travel plaza in south hill located off i-85 at exit 12 the saddle travel plaza of emporia which is conveniently located on exit 11b off i-95 and saddle travel plaza on highway 58 in suffolk we also have our north carolina location Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina. That's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers and Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator powered by Pace
1: Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermes Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer, and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by. And not at.
2: And we're back, leaning right and turning left, with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. And good first segment, Senator.
1: Yeah, almost two hours. I mean, that was pretty big, but we had a lot to talk about and a really important discussion we had, not just about your lawsuit, but about free speech, the First Amendment, protecting small businesses against government overreach. And we're big, fat, hairy winners for the third time. And I think rightly so. But we ended that segment talking about crystal balls. Mm -hmm. We did. Oh, and that's right. You, because you're a big winner, get for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, to read the sponsorship ad from Manscaped.com, one of our great sponsors that we're very grateful to have. And especially during the Christmas season for men's grooming, for all the men out there. And all the women out there that may be like struggling right now to find a Christmas gift for their man.
2: Or a stocking stuffer.
1: Or their dad? Or their husband? (laughs) Uh Or their son.
2: Uh Yeah. Okay. Uh, You gonna let me just read this? Yeah, sure. I can't wait. Let me Are we ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Go for it. Is the machine on? Machine is on. Here we go. Tis the season for clean balls. -la 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 la 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 la. Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clean your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body
3: buffer for the holiday lover. What the hell are you laughing at? Nothing. Okay. <laughs>
2: win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life. When what? (laughs) You may want to start that one again. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men that you know, go from eggnog to nice hog (laughs) this December by going to manscape.com and using the code Sadler S A D L E R plus 20% plus for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. You have to get the perfect gift in the Platinum Package 4.0, plus loads of little presents perfect for stocking stuffers. What better holiday gift than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Manscaped offers a handful of their liquid formulations, shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorant, gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything they could need to keep it clean now you have these don't you senator
1: i do actually if you, you go use them in my restroom here yeah my bathroom here at the apartment uh you'll see i've got the i've
2: got the platinum
1: package 4.0 bag full of all the manscaped products and in the shower i've got the body wash the shampoo i swear by it it's great
2: don't let their chestnuts roast in the wrong boxes. get them a pair of manscaped Boxers specially made to keep that area cool and provide holiday comfort all year round. Have, have you, you tried the boxers?
1: Uh, I have.
2: Yeah, I, I have worn the boxers. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Well, so
1: I'm not, I'm more of a loose boxer guy, but I tried them on. They were really good. Yeah. And I
2: looked great. Well, in- <laughs> uh, let me go throw up and I'll come back and finish the rest of it. <laughs> keep going, Herman. you gifted job. them perfect privates. Go beyond the groan with Manscaped's full-body product line. Dad has nasty nose hairs. Save his life with the weed-whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is the full kit for nail care with scissors, clippers, tweezers, and a file for the traveling man. Then there's the new Preserve Cologne that brings that light, breezy, woodsy feel and gives that fresh tree scent even after Christmas is over. Like a sturdy pine. Still using a loofah? Introducing a what? That? A loofah. Says still using a loofah? Loofah. That's it. Yeah, that's what I, I said. said Loofah. I said loofah. Like Emporia. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna talk how I talk. <laughs> Introducing the body buffer. Well, loofas actually hold bacteria from dead skin. They do. Help them throw out that disgusting old loofah. Do it and get a body scrubber that feels smooth, smoother, but acts tougher. Lastly, top off the stocking with the crown jewel for the family jewels. The Lawnmower 4.0. The Electric Razor's advanced skin safe technology is a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa Sack. Manscaped is here. What are you laughing at?
3: <laughs> you reading it.
2: <laughs> Manscaped <Finally. laughs> is here to make holiday shopping a blast by giving products they'll love and make them laugh. Get 20% 20% off. And free shipping with the code Sadler at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com using the code SADDLER. Manscaped for the perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. Have you ever
1: had a greater moment in your life than crossing the finish line of of reading that
2: Of all the things I'm trying to accomplish in my life, Bill, this is going to put me over the top.
1: Yeah, I think so. And thank you, Manscaped.com. Uh, I swear by the product. Seriously, we, we got them when we started to do the advertising campaign. They've been a really great supporter of this uh, podcast. We appreciate them. They're great products. And it's about time that men's hygiene is brought to the forefront. And so this is a great holiday season to make sure that you bring Manscaped.com and Manscaped products into your man's life. And uh, they're certainly I've part already of read the
2: life. commercial, so...
1: <laughs> I want to linger. <laughs> I just want to linger. I'm going to, I'm going to pull this off of the podcast and just play it over and over on the yeah. loop that you finally read yeah. the ad. So I got it. I mean, it's promo code Sadler for God's sake.
2: 20% yeah. off. I plus know, free shipping.
1: I know. And I'm sorry, Angie, a uh, wife of Hermie. <laughs> uh, but uh, when he won his court case, he had to read it. So thank you, Manscaped.com. Thank you for being a sponsor of this podcast. Thank you for supporting us. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening, Seriously, this is a great gift, great last minute gift. And it comes in a beautiful box, a a wonderful bag to put all your Manscaped stuff in there. Go out there and get one. Go to manscaped.com, use promo code Sadler, get 20% off and free shipping. I don't know if that was actually said by Hermie because most of this was unintelligible, but go do that. You will never regret it. Uh, It's one of the greatest products I've brought into my life as well. So in our last segment, because we we spent a lot of time, but uh, we mentioned it earlier. And I've had a really good week uh, as a lawyer. Um, This was actually one I wasn't in court for also. But as you know, I represent the Smith family up in Loudoun County. Uh, Scott Smith, uh, one of the clients that I'm so proud to represent, and his wife, Jessica. Unfortunately, the tragedy was that their daughter was brutally attacked and raped in Loudoun County Public Schools by a kid, a dude, wearing a dress who was gender-fluid. And decided because he could wear a dress because of Loudoun County School Policies, was able to go into a woman's bathroom and attack my client. Now, I will not say her name, um, but she was a sophomore at a high school, uh, was in a weakened condition, was overpowered, and and totally taken advantage of in one of the most brutal ways ever. And uh, so, of course, I represent Scott Smith. Scott was, uh, for those that don't know or can't remember and you see it now on TV... Scott was a father that was at the Loudoun County School Board meeting after the attack. And, and when the Loudoun County uh, School Board uh, superintendent said, there's never been an attack by somebody who's transgender against one of our students in Loudoun County, he was lying. Scott Smith stood up and said, that's a lie, and was attacked, taken down by the cops, charged criminally with obstruction of justice, disorderly conduct. And um, I represent him in the criminal case. I represent the daughter and the family in the what would be a Title IX case against Loudoun County School Board. But Jason Miyares, the attorney general, actually the attorney general in your case, they impaneled a special grand jury up in Northern Virginia in Loudoun County that investigated that whole incident. And on December 2nd, released a preliminary report, a special grand jury report, which most people probably have heard about now. But the report of the special grand jury on the investigation of Loudoun County Public Schools that was uh, issued that day made some incredible findings, even more than what I thought, in in our civil case, what we knew the facts to be, that demonstrate a complete lack of transparency and concern, transparency about what was happening, but concern for the safety of their students, because Loudoun County School Board, was more interested in promoting a transgender policy that was all inclusive. And would it actually created the environment where this attack could happen and this predator could get away with. And in fact, what this report says, and I'm sitting here with it, you see right here, army, it's, it's a hundred pages sitting right here. I've read every single word as we get ready for our civil suit against Loudoun County school board. As we get ready to fight the last charge that's left, I've, Represents Scott Smith, a wonderful guy. You'll see him on TV. He's a symbol for all fathers who would dare to stand up. And most fathers don't have the courage that he did to stand up to defend his daughter and, his, and, her, and her reputation and her rights. At a public school board meeting where he was the minority in terms of the voice saying these new transgender policies are not good and not right and should not happen. He has stood up for all fathers. We have one charge left. I've, got the, I've gotten the, uh, the obstruction of justice, charge dismissed. Disorderly conduct is left. Uh, left. We've
2: filed a motion. Didn't, didn't in- y'all get a Commonwealth
1: attorney change on this? I, I, yeah, and that too. I mean, Buda Biberai is one of those George Soros uh, prosecutors that was brought in office for criminal reform and has just been a nightmare in my opinion. Um, she wanted to prosecute Scott Smith to the fullest extent on these minor charges, but in my opinion, also was not really in tune with defending his daughter as a victim because it didn't fit the political narrative. I said that her political opinions and the things that she had done compromised her, so she couldn't be a fair prosecutor. Filed a motion to recuse her from prosecuting Scott Smith. The judge in the court granted that motion and now assigned another prosecutor to the case who's now looking at it in a different way. And we're going to have a motions hearing. We've got the one charge left. I think we're going to. I hope we're going to be successful on that charge as we were before. But this is an explosive grand, special grand jury report. And I urge every parent who has a child in public school to read it. Because what we've been seeing is our school system has been indoctrinating our children with liberal beliefs, but also sexually objectifying them, bringing sexualization into the classroom, which they should not be doing. And then passing these policies, these woke policies that are supposed to be favoring transgenders over heterosexuals to the point that it creates the environment where this attack took place. The striking parts of this um, report, Hermie, that I think everybody should know is one, especially in Title IX, because, you know, under Title IX, the schools need to protect women Title IX is is used in sports, but also protect women from sexual harassment and attack. This school knew this predator was a danger. Number one, there were uh, teachers, teachers' assistants that that sent out emails that said, this guy has come into classroom with his arm around the neck of girls in a threatening manner, repeatedly, wanted to know whether, whether they took nude pictures or posted them online and was demanding to see them. Also, too, when my client was being brutally attacked in the bathroom, one of the teacher assistants or teachers walked into, the, into that bathroom, saw four four uh, shoes under a stall, basically was seeing the attack going on, and said nothing and did nothing about it. Uh, the, the student, uh, the teacher assistant who then had seen the previous physical Uh, aggression towards women by this dude wearing a skirt sent an email as I said to uh, the the staff and said look this guy seems dangerous we need to do something I would hate to think something would happen uh, if we don't report this that that student uh, that teacher assistant was attacked by the administration by violating protocol rather than saving and protecting the students This student was allowed to be transferred after the brutal attack to another school where he then repeatedly, not on now we know, on one occasion, repeatedly was being aggressive towards other girls and actually cornered one girl in an empty classroom and attacked her as well. This is a complete, you know, abdication of the responsibility of public schools in Loudoun County and maybe probably in other schools, but in this one specifically. Of their obligation to keep your daughter, my daughter, your son, my son safe. And allowed this to go on because they were more interested in the transgender policy, in the inclusion policy, being inclusive, than they were protecting the students. Now they've been called out by the special grand jury. Rightly so. I think the, the work of the special grand jury was exceptional. The report is thorough. And it's resulted now in Scott Ziegler, who was the superintendent, that denied that ever a, an attack in the bathroom ever occurred in a school board meeting that caused my client to be taken down and arrested, has been fired. But more importantly, because I think they're afraid that other heads might roll, they fired Scott Ziegler, the school superintendent, and let, fired him without cause so he gets his salary, his six figure salary till the end of the year or better for the next year, at least the end of his contract. And they still don't get it. And they're allowing this. They allowed this to occur and they're not erecting bad behavior at the top of the food chain here. My concern is
3: that Loudoun County will, will repeat by inaction, putting kids at risk, Pushing woke agendas, not teaching the three R's—reading, writing, arithmetic—not teaching kids what to think, but how to think—that they will just hope this goes away. We have
1: now pulled back the curtain to expose our public schools for their failings, and yet there's still more, much more to do. But this, this—I got to tell you, this uh, special grand jury report. Is explosive. I urge every parent to read. But it demonstrates how can, how can they see it? Well, it's, it's public, so you can go online and find it. Just look it up. Just type in Loudoun County School uh, Special Grand Jury Report. It's got exhibits, emails, handwritten notes, everything you ever want to look at to understand. Let's be as parents vigilant. To make sure that this doesn't creep into the other school systems throughout the commonwealth of virginia but we're talking about one of the most wealthy school systems in the commonwealth wealthiest in terms of the per capita income <clears throat> wealthiest in terms of how much money goes in that school brand new schools and yet this woke agenda this liberal agenda this now giving more rights to people that claim that they're non-binary or transgender or gender fluid or transgender than a woman you know now womanhood is now relegated to a lower status title IX was supposed to protect female athletes female students from discrimination exploitation harassment and what we've seen is is that they're regulated to second class because we're giving special rights to those that suddenly claim i'm gender fluid i'm non-binary i'm not a man anymore i'm a girl Uh, And what we saw was when these reckless liberal policies are allowed to run amok and unabated and unchallenged, until now, it has resulted in the brutal attack of a child that has affected the Smith family, people that I think the world of, in a way that should never have happened. This report, as I have said before, is a clarion call. And a wake-up call for all parents that have put their kids in public schools, and I am one of them. My children are the product of public schools, but I'm getting ready to pull my youngest out of public schools. My, my middle child, my oldest child graduated from there, middle child's a senior. I just don't know that I want to subject my, middle, my youngest child to this public school mindset, which puts a political agenda, agenda and ideology ahead
2: of teaching our kids and keeping them safe. Let me tell you two things.
3: First of all, congratulations to you and to everybody involved on doing this work that it's about Loudoun County, but will have benefits to all
2: parents that have kids in schools across the Commonwealth of Virginia. Two things come to my mind while I hear you talking about that, Bill. First of all, Can you just imagine as a dad having your daughter violated in that kind of way in a place that you send your child to every day thinking she's supposed to be getting an education? No. So that's number one. Just think if it's your daughter, how mad and irate you would be if someone like that put. Dude, wouldn't you have homicide in your heart? Oh my God. Wouldn't you want to kill him? Oh my God. Then let's take it one step further. Let's make it worse. I mean, and and, and before you get there, when Scott Smith,
1: the father, before he was taken down at the Loudoun County School Board meeting, when he found out that his daughter was attacked, he goes to the school. His wife is there. The school administration separates the wife from the daughter so they cannot speak because they want to control the narrative and keep it on the down low because they know they've got this meeting coming up where they're going to pass this transgender policy, which is kind of in place already. That allowed this kid to do this so the mother can't speak to the daughter after this attack. Scott Smith goes into the school and says, what's going on? And when they start giving him the, the runaround, he raises a fuss. Scott's a very emotional, passionate guy. Great guy. Wouldn't we all be if he's yeah. your daughter? Oh, yeah. Guess what they did? They called the cops on Scott Smith. And then they sent around emails and said, we had an incident at this high school today. And they didn't say that someone was brutally attacked and raped in the girl's bathroom by a guy wearing a dress. They said a parent was creating a disturbance and we removed him from the, and they sent out warnings to the parents and publicly. They didn't even address why the, why dad was mad. They blamed it on him. And then they covered it up and told the family, do not talk about this. And I'm telling you what I know and partly is in the report. Don't talk about this. Don't talk. about. It. And they were like, okay, because you're doing a criminal investigation. We're good with that. Okay. Just defend our daughter, do the criminal investigation. And then Scott Smith goes to the school board meeting, and the Scott and Ziegler was asked the question the superintendent has there ever been an attack in a bathroom involving a transgender student or, you know, uh, against anybody else? And he says, I know of no attack that ever occurred, which was a lie. And he knew it was a lie because he'd sent out the email before. He knew it was a lie, covered it up. And Scott had been a good, compliant parent, going, okay, I'll keep this quiet and not say anything. And he was just there to observe and watch and learn and listen until they made that lie public. How dare, you know. And then the liberal activists, the LBGTQ community said, You're a liar, I'll ruin your business and attacked him. And that's what started the milieu. They got him arrested, not the people that called him a liar and called his and disparaged his family. Pisses me off.
2: So I go back and say, so mad, just because he's gone through crap. Just think that for, was not of his making. Just think for one second if it was your daughter. Just I don't how mad you would be. Then to make it worse, I would shoot somebody. then for them to cover it up or dismiss it, or whatever. But the whole
3: bigger picture that just needs to be said is how about the hypocrisy of the liberals? People get shot and killed at Walmart in Chesapeake
2: and they rush to get the news out because that gives them an opportunity to push a narrative of we've got to take everybody's guns away because gun control is the only answer. And, 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 you know, it's, you know, all that because it fits the proper political narrative. Yet somebody's daughter gets raped in a bathroom at a school and they want to suppress it. Because it's against a narrative they're trying to push. Yeah. I mean, who do these people think they are?
1: Bigger than us, bigger than parents, have more control over your kid, believe that they have a better right to instruct your kid about life than you do. It's How just, scary is
2: that? How scary is that? It's just unbelievable. Yeah.
1: So they made a number of recommendations, uh, and their conclusions are very, very stark. Um, it is, I mean, I mean, I'll just read you one paragraph, including the Commonwealth's Attorneys and Loudoun County School Board's attorneys. Um, Throughout the investigation, this is this report from the special grand jury's report. We found that we felt that Loudoun County School Board's counsel was obstructionist during witness testimony. LCB, which is Loudoun County School Board's council, consistently and repeatedly interrupted answers of their own witnesses when they felt certain information was about to be revealed. Council consistently and repeatedly objected to questions that would elicit information at the special grand jury about a meeting or conversation with division council was present. I mean, Loudoun County School Board, rather than say, hey man, this is what we did
3: wrong, let's correct it, has been continuing to hide, obfuscate, create uh, any way
1: of a distraction, then rather than admit this is what we did wrong, but saying this is what we're going to do to correct it, they have been an example of what is wrong with our public schools. And there are a lot of public school divisions throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia that are not like Loudoun County School Board or a School Division. But all of the school boards and divisions get tainted. By what they did, sure, sure, but at the same time, may, let there be transparency through, you know. As I said, light is the greatest antiseptic. That we that we as parents rise up and continue to rise up and stop this nonsense, because the liberals always depend about us making a they what they depend when they get caught doing something. We make a big fuss and we go, "That's not right, that's not right," and they say, "We're not doing it, we're not doing it." And then when we settle back down, if we after we've made our point, they go back to doing it. Whether it's the transgender policies that caused this girl's life, this young lady's life to change Change forever. The rest of her life. Forever. Yeah. Change this family, transform them. I know Scott Smith and Jessica Smith did not ask for this, did not want this. We're living a good life, running a small business, doing the best they could, didn't want to be a part of this, but yet they're thrust in the spotlight. And when they were thrust in the spotlight because her daughter was attacked, guess who got arrested? The dad.
2: The dad. Yeah.
1: Guess who got, whose character has been disparaged? But the dad.
2: Guess the who, mom. Who, guess who they hired to defend him because they heard about him through his representation of a former NASCAR driver in a lawsuit <laughs> against the Commonwealth of Virginia.
1: Yeah. Uh, the dad. <laughs> the dad hired up. <clears throat> and, and let me tell you something. I've, you know, my, my legal career started, uh, I was working for a guy named it Bill. Really Dance, so Joe it really only started you met me. If no, you no. go to episode, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, you know, in this case that I was involved in, the federal case is because of you. Um, on episode three, I think it's episode three. Joe, Joe came around. Yeah, yeah, it's we one had so much fun. One Dickhead one of the greatest episodes ever. But I started out with uh, representing Paula Jones against Bill Clinton. Now, as a young lawyer, I wasn't even a lawyer when it started, but all the way through the Supreme Court, no matter what Joe's memory is. Um, when you start and you sue the president and win, everybody else is a little smaller. But I've always had from that moment on a belief that you have to make a big difference in 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 big instances to help the little person, the little guy, the small business, Paula Jones, the Smiths. I mean, over and over, my my God has given me a platform, well, a talent to to help those that that need it. And and so this is one of those things where It just seems like a continuation for me that I'm supposed to be here, that I will defend that young lady so that she can have maybe the life that was deprived by the Loudoun County School Board and that kid in a dress, that we will restore some normalcy to Jessica and Scott Smith's life, that we will vindicate when they were called liars and taken down and obstructionists, that we will do the right thing. And we will not stop that. We don't do this for publicity. We do this for justice. That's what I live for. As you know, you know, um, you see me, I'm passionate about what I sure. do as, as a lawyer, just like you're passionate in your business yeah. in racing have to be,
2: but this because, is, as my dad says all the time, somebody is always after your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody.
1: Well, for Paula Jones, it was that the president is not above the law. Scott Smith, Jessica Smith, and their beautiful daughter, that somebody must be held accountable so no other parent and no other
2: daughter or son suffers what they suffer. And, and that we stand up for that. Totally right. different kind of case. But in our case, you've been public for years, not in favor of gaming in Virginia. Yeah. But it came down to, okay, I don't like this, but... I don't like unfair government and unfair treatment of people and small businesses worse than that. So you take a stand knowing that you're going to get some blowback from it. And, <laughs> and then some, and then some
1: principle matter,
2: but you can lay your head on the pillow at night and say, I'm doing the right thing regardless of what
3: other people think.
1: No, I'm no better than any other man. or woman. I'm no worse. God gave me a talent. And I'm going to use that talent to help. My mom used to always say, "Bill, you get these puppy dog cases, and you just—we'd be a lot richer if you'd just be more of a wiener, you know, an a hole." But that's not my purpose in life. Ultimately, we all should live on principle again. We're moving so far away from that as a society that we're allowing school boards and public school systems to teach our kids what to think, and we're teaching our kids. Uh, we're letting them in a, in a latchkey world, them to take control in raising our children. We need to get back to the moral integrity, the, the sanctity of the family and the parents away from government telling them how to raise their child or creating policies that put their, child's, their children in peril.
2: I never probably eloquently enough made my point, but in our first part of our podcast tonight talking about our win in court and all the things we're fighting against. And I, I tried for like 30 minutes to, to say, I just don't understand why the people that are fighting against us think that they're entitled to what they're trying to get. Right. And I just don't understand. I understand business. I understand competing in business. I understand, you know, fighting for your business and I get all that, but I do not understand Somebody that thinks we can use what we have to go get an unfair advantage over our competition. I just don't understand.
1: Well, think about it this way the government that allows that to occur is the one that says, when your child walks through the door of that school in they're county, they're ours. they're ours. They're ours.
2: Not yours. We'll teach them not yeah. only what we want, but to your exclusion. Start them at a young age. And then when they get a little older, they're on our team and not yours. Right. Sure. Right. They're going to be ours. Going to be ours, and we're going to indoctrinate them in a certain way. The
1: sanctity of parenthood and the family is being reduced and challenged. I mean, that is the deconstruction of society and freedom and liberty. The whole basis of our society in this free country is on the family. But when the government starts dictating what the child of that family learns and how they learn or how they speak or what they speak, And we're doomed. So hopefully, hopefully, (laughs) this will be the benchmark. And the Smiths, Jessica Smith and my friend Scott Smith, who I love very much, are going to be symbols in the nation as they are right now, of parents who stand up and say, no, not here, not with my kid. And the unfortunate thing is their kid was damaged, hurt, and horribly, horribly treated by not just the victimizer, the abuser, the criminal, but by the school system that allowed him to even have that space to create and do bad things to their daughter. May there never be another incident like this, but I'm afraid that there will be. May there never be a family like the Smith family that's had to suffer like they suffer. And let's hope there are more Smith families that stand up and say, no more, no way, we're not putting up with this. We will fight you to the wall. And God bless Jessica and Scott Smith. They are my heroes of the day. And, and I want to thank every member of the special grand jury that Jason Miares, our attorney general, impaneled with Theo Stamos, his deputy, to get to the truth because it got to some truth. And you know what? I am filing a lawsuit in federal court against the Loudoun County school board here in the next week or two. And they're going to pay. I can't, there's not a door that I can go knock on in the, in that courtroom and say in that courthouse and say, can you get the reputation and the freedom and, and the good life of the Smith family back? But I can make them pay for what they did to the Smith family. You know, unfortunately in, in the law, they can't, you know, they can't restore the family to what it was before this horrible tragedy happened. Can you the put only a price com- tag on it? And that. the only compensation is monetary. Yeah. The only way that you I'm make, saying, the make the punishment is monetary. But you still can't put a price tag on it. No, and, but it's, it's... The only recalls. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. Where do I go? What door do I go to and, and open the door and get my, my family's reputation back? when scott smith was taken down brutally on the floor unnecessarily by the sheriffs department where do you undo that and how can we erase that video so it never happens again or nobody ever sees it again how do i go into the wayback machine to the day when this occurred to prevent the attack on his daughter how do i stop the many sleepless nights of his of her mother and his wife jessica smith i can't so the retribution or the compensation and the just and the justice is in moving forward, unfortunately, in a monetary fashion, no other way. But I will say this in closing: Jessica Smith, Scott Smith have handled themselves the best they can in a in a dignified way. They work very hard every day. They struggle with it. But they are champions and they are symbols to all us parents that we need to be vigilant every day to make sure this never happens to any other child ever again in any school, in any bathroom ever again. And we don't let these stupid policies put our children in harm's way. We'll see it. And you said you were emotional about the earlier stuff. This is what really moves the needle for me.
2: So you can tell.
1: So ladies tell and gentlemen, um, it's been a little bit longer, but we've had some really important legal issues. Uh, uh, to discuss and, and always I enjoy talking to Hermie with you and I want to take the next 20 minutes to talk about how great this podcast has been but I know Hermie will not let me do that but <laughs> well, Hermie I want, thank you for the time no, and now
2: great. I'm going to make you a great dinner and I want to thank PaySomatic again <laughs> yeah. for this platform we talk about it Absolutely. all the time this platform not just about our lawsuit not just about skill games but about issues that you would think would be important to not only Virginians but people across the United States, and we've got people outside of the state and other areas that listen to this podcast, hoping that uh, they've we've enlightened them in a few ways about what's going on. Yeah. But I want to thank Pacesmatic. Pacesmatic is an entertainment company which develops gaming software that players love to play and can use their skills to win every single time. Plus, these games of skill provide vital revenue to keep family-owned businesses like bars, restaurants, convenience stores. And Truck Stops thriving, and thanks to the work of our legal team
1: yeah, and our court case. Jason Hicks, Ian Dickinson, Rod Smola, Ryan McDougal, Bill effing Stanley. Yep. Oh, and Bill Stanley.
2: And Bill Stanley.
1: <laughs> and you, and quite frankly, and you. Because I don't think we get this far without your reputation and willingness to put your integrity and character on the line to defend small business. That's what makes you a good candidate, by the way. But it also makes you a great American. I mean, most people never would have the courage to do what you do. And we're friends and I'm not trying to suck up because I don't need to suck up to you.
2: You've done a great
1: job. I do? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Occasionally. Especially when I screw up.
2: Seriously. But because of the work of our team, these skill games are still operating in these businesses all across this Commonwealth of Virginia from one end to the other. And it's the right thing. And it's a team effort.
1: And if you're an owner of a, of a convenience store, truck stop, bar, restaurant, and you have one of those skill games, you can keep operating it through
2: the spring, right? Through the spring. Because of you, Hermie. Until we go back to court, at least. Yeah. Hopefully, you folks in the General Assembly will find a, find a resolution. I think we'll find a way Between now and the end. I think so. That's the hope. But thank everybody for listening. Thanks to PaySomatic. Thanks to manscaped.com. I read the ad. You should be happy. Man, I am thrilled. I'm going to go buy more things. And, hey, are you, do you have more
1: balls left for sale?
2: i got a few balls.
1: Some Christmas balls? Listen, Senator.
2: <laughs> Sir. You call me Senator. They're ornaments. Oh. Ornaments.
1: How are your ornaments hanging? You got sure. some left?
2: I got some left.
1: All right. Well, you know, we'll put a, we'll put a link to you get more of your...
2: And you'll personally sign sadler them. sadler for. S-A-D-L-E-R-F-O-R, Virginia.com.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? I want one of those things on my tree. Can I get one? You got one in the car? No one. Not in the car. My God, every time you come here, you don't have an ornament. You
2: have to go to saddlerforvirginia.com. I don't have
1: time for that.
2: We see each other like every week. Where? Where? You don't have time to go to my website and make me a $50 donation and get an ornament.
1: I thought I'd give you some money.
2: Don't you think I'm entitled to like 100 ornaments from that?
1: See, entitled. That's the problem. Entitled. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I am not in
2: possession of any ornaments from Sadler. And I'm Herman Sadler, and I'm turning left, and I'm hungry as hell. (laughs) I'm going to make you dinner. We'll see you next week. God bless you all.
5: Hey guys, listen up. I know these days when you watch the news, it feels like it's one hit after another and it's all bad news for the economy. Well, let me give you some good news. It's not all that bad when it comes to real estate. Let me explain. You see a year ago, man, real estate was hot, hot, hot. Everybody and their brother was trying to go out and buy another house. What did that mean? It was so competitive that a lot of folks got discouraged. So let me ask you, have you thought about buying a house in the last couple of years, but Maybe you just couldn't win a bid. I used to hear that all the time. Well, now is the time to buy. Yes, interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but what that's created is an opportunity for you. A year ago, it wasn't uncommon for there to be more than a dozen offers on a home, many of which were over list. That is not the case today. So if you got discouraged once before about trying to buy a new house, now's the time to take another look. Now, yes, interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but you're not gonna overpay for the home. But here's what you will do. You'll stop throwing your money away on rent, and now you'll get a greater tax deduction. That's right. You see, at the end of the year, you're gonna get a statement from your mortgage company that shows how much interest you paid, and you get to write all of that interest off. That means you could get a huge tax deduction. You never get that as a renter. Not only that, homes are still going up in value. Don't believe the hype. All of the economists believe long-term real estate always works out. Let me give you an example. Maybe way back when, in the housing collapse of 2008, you bought in 2007 and maybe overpaid. Buddy, if you hung in there, that house is worth a whole heck of a lot more now. If you've played in the stock market, you know what I'm talking about. You only lose money when you throw in the towel. Real estate long-term always performs well. So here's my advice to you. Date the rate, marry the house. Find the house that you and your family love, long-term. Because here's what's not long-term these higher rates. I've yet to see a single economist who doesn't agree with me that rates are going to return. So doesn't it make sense to get the house you want right now? And then when rates improve, man, just get a lower monthly payment. In the meantime, you'll enjoy a greater tax deduction and that property is going to continue to appreciate, meaning you're building equity and wealth for yourself. Not only that, how about this? We're going to save you some cash at buywithconrad.com. We're going to give you the peace of mind of a seven year guarantee when rates improve over the next seven years, not if, but when that's my prediction, we'll refinance you again with no new origination points. Think about that. That could save you thousands of dollars and give you the peace of mind of knowing that you got the right house for your family right now. And then when the rates improve, man, get a lower monthly payment. Now you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but you do need to hurry to buywithconrad.com. That's the first step. You tell us how much you want to put down and what you want your monthly payment to be. We get you approved and then you go shopping just like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number six five zero eight four equal housing lender. Seriously, if you've thought about buying a house over the last couple of years, but you got discouraged, now's the time to take another look. Let me run the numbers for you right now. You'll be glad you did at buywithconrad.com.
0: Tis the season for clean balls. Fala la 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 la. You got to slow down a little bit. You're going too fast. Oh. Yeah. Start up. I was trying to get a, a rhythm. <laughs> Tis the season for clean balls. Fala la 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 la. Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. (laughs) Win this year's White Elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using Saddler for 20% off plus free shipping.
1: Fantastic. Now, I've got the Manscaped products. I've got the the body wash. I've got the uh, Precision Package 4.0 for my package. It's it's a wonderful thing to get during the holidays for your for your loved ones, for your brothers, your your boyfriends, your husbands, um, even the postman if he's a dude. Uh, that would be a nice gift. So we love Manscaped. And you know and they we also
0: they also have the other products from the men's boxers to the body buffer and of using a loofah. So be sure to uh, peruse their website, the entire website, while you're there at Manscaped.com.
1: And what do they do again at checkout to get that 20% in free shipping?
0: Just enter the promo code Sadler. That's S-A-D-L-E-R. Sadler. To receive 20% off in free shipping. Hermie loves that.
1: He really, really does. He needs a body buffer.
2: And as you're using the products in your... Premium Package 4.0. Think about old Hermie while you're doing
1: it. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> Thank you, Manscape.com. Thank you, you for do. the sponsorship.
2: <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, I do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're very proud to have Manscape.com as our one of our sponsors, and uh, and we hope that you uh, go to their website and uh, as. As Shep says, peruse the website and find the product that's right for you. It's about time that a company steps up, steps out, and says men's grooming is just as important uh, in your life as anything else that you do. So uh, take advantage of the 20% off and the promo code SADLER, SADLER, SADLER at checkout and get free shipping anywhere in the United
3: States, anywhere in the world. Go to manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped.